0: I shall be closer to you for the next few days, which will be the last of your miserable lives. I did not pay good money for you, for your company. I
1: paid it so that I could profit from your death.
2: And when you die, and die you shall. Your transition shall be to the sound of Gladiators, I salute you.
0: My name's Mike.
2: Hi, I'm Emma. This is
0: episode 99, Strongborn. We are...
2: We're pushing it out to wait to get to the 100 <laughs> by not releasing podcasts very often.
0: Yeah, we are running a bit behind in the schedule, but... Um, and we
2: thank you for your patience.
0: Yeah. it's uh, It's been an interesting year. Today, we've got a special interview with a local games developer who is about to release, or hopefully by the time you're releasing this, a couple of days away for the pre-orders before they go live.
2: I don't uh, think what you just said was a sentence.
0: Anyway, (laughs) uh, so we have a local games designer here in Perth. They have a game that goes up, it's on pre-order right now, Mm -hmm. and its release date is the 31st of October. Beautiful. So we got a chance to chat to Josh from Strongborn Games about his new game, Strongborn. That interview uh, will be the main segment for the um, episode today. So I hope you enjoy that. It was a really great chat to Josh. It was really positive to hear about Uh, you know, someone in our community here designing and pushing out a big box game ready for people to play. Mm -hmm. So um, we got a copy. We have a chat about some of the models in it because it is a miniatures based game. Um, And yeah, it's about an hour long interview. So please go to strongborngames.com, check it out. Give them some love and support on Facebook or wherever else. But in the meantime we got some news to cover and
2: some conclusion to do?
0: Some sort of chat, <laughs> not like all we right. normally do. I'm not going to go through all the different news bits and bobs. That Give have... me your highlights. I've got a few highlights.
2: How many is a few? And if you scroll up and down, I'm going to break Five There's five tabs. Okay, awesome. Not
0: including our events and stuff. So.
2: Can we start with our events? Okay. So we had mixed doubles?
0: Yep. 74 players started.
2: And 72 finished? 72
0: finished. We had one team drop out. Right at the tail end. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the biggest mixed doubles we've had. I went back and checked, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Lots of new faces in the room.
2: Mm, Yeah, there were lots of new faces. And there were some young faces in the room as well.
0: Yeah, which we we really appreciate them all coming out and playing games for the day. Mm. Um, We also had uh, the Iron Signet take place at the event on the same weekend, which um, saw 110, I think it was, entries for that event. So congratulations to all the winners. Our son picked up his second iron signet gold um, in two years, so he's pretty pleased. Mm -hmm. Um, We are one week out from Spring Invasion for 2021, and then we're about seven weeks out from the Perth GT.
2: Oh my goodness, I can't even think about that just yet. Um, We've also put on YouTube the highlight reel from WATC. Yep. It's up and live. So you'll see from that that I am not a videographer. <laughs> <laughs> I was really just, I, I guess, uh, so yeah, I'm not a videographer. Why did we do it? I think it's really hard to kind of get a, a feel for what an event like WATC is if you haven't been to it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so really it was just trying to, well, I was having a play, um, but it was trying to find a way to share what that's like. Mm. So the biggest team event in the Southern Hemisphere, uh, it's, you know, it was an absolutely epic weekend. It was fantastic with players coming from, um, well, they came from all over Western Australia because that was... Yeah, we had
0: the interstate teams cancel.
2: Yeah. Um, through, you know, government restrictions, not because they decided not to come. So, you know, people drove for what, four, six hours to come to the event, um, 21 players came up from I think it was 21 players yeah, came up from, from and the grounds yeah uh players players came from Albany we had players from literally all over WA so really exciting and uh, so thanks very much to everybody who spoke uh, as you know and gave their gave their opinion and gave their experience as well yeah
0: so um that video is now on youtube there'll be a link in the show notes so you can go and check it out mhm um should we get on to the news? Yes. Okay. Uh, one other thing. Um, no. The ten-
2: <laughs> <laughs> It turns out we're not ready to get <laughs> on to the news.
0: Uh, we had the soft opening, which we sadly couldn't attend for, Beyond Odyssey, that happened uh, the start of October. Mm-hmm. So, they've got the, um, the Age of Sigma team event happening this weekend on the 30th of October. Mm-hmm. So, we wish all the competitors the very best and um, look forward to seeing the photos of the event. Um, after it's said and done, but uh, they're up in Balcata here in Perth, so if you want to go and check them out, um, Beyond Odyssey on Facebook. Now we can go out to the news. Okay. Uh, so we've got some more McFarlane toys, and the reason I bring McFarlane toys back up is this actually ties in where we we're talking about the Joy Toy range, which is totally the wrong name for an action figure collection, but let's just... I don't say up. anything. We're just yeah, your, keep your going. smirk is enough.
2: Yes, but people can't see my smirk. Well, they they the know there's was... a smirk
0: now. <laughs> so <laughs> everyone, there's a smirk. Mm. Um. So they've given mm. us another um, Primaris intercessor. Uh, this time, done up in Raven Guard colours. What
2: do you think to that one? Uh,
0: I really struggle with these pre-painted ones from McFarlane yeah. because they just feel half done.
2: Yeah, that's it. It's.
0: Like the black is flat black. The white is flat white.
2: Stark white.
0: And it's not, you know, I, I get that these aren't expensive, but at the same time, come on. Mm. Like, it, it does feel really cheap. Um, but you know what? Taking that and dialing it up to make it look really cool would be easy because all the base stuff's there. You're just yeah. adding contrast to the white. You're putting some edge highlights on it and adding some detail. I don't know why they've decided to paint the Space Marine's belt brown, given it's power armour. It's not like he wears a leather belt.
2: No. It does make it, it does make it look a little bit like uh never. Mind. He's not I'm wearing not gonna, jeans. I'm not gonna finish the yeah, sentence. It's, it's just it doesn't weird. look appropriate.
0: Um and we've also got a, a better shot of the artist's proof um Mega knob with okay. I'm shooter. aware
2: I haven't got my glasses on, and I should really do these episodes with my glasses on. But I actually thought that was green stuff that was all over him. Oh, the light reflecting off of him.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's another one that um, I think they would have been better off just doing an orc boy, like a because the mega knobs in the miniatures are just these walking lumps of iron, and yeah, he just feels under-armoured for a mega orc, to be fair. Um. I it's really hard
2: because he is naked. In that there's no, no paint on him. It's hard to be able to get an idea around what the potential is for it. Yeah. Whereas with some of the other ones, and I'm trying to think what the one was last episode, um, and I can't. Well, they, I they showed. What it we've was. talked about a
0: few of the different versions of this particular model. Yeah.
2: But um, it was a different one for last, and I think you could really, despite the fact it wasn't painted, you could really see the potential of it. Yeah. Whereas for this one, I'm struggling to see what the potential is.
0: Look and I think it's also to do with we're used to seeing orcs as over proportioned at twenty eight to thirty two mil and yeah. this is probably better proportioned. Um, or more more humanly proportioned is maybe a better descriptor.
2: And that's exactly what I was gonna say. It's so funny because with you know, with some of the human style models, I look at them and think, Oh, the proportions are really off. But with the orcs I don't. Like I just for me that's just what an orc looks like. <laughs> they are kind of, you know, top heavy with Arms dragging on they, the floor they often, type of thing. They often
0: get called jelly beans because the plastic models' bodies, when you build them, are shaped like a jelly bean. Mm. Uh, he's then, not, I he, guess
2: for me that's, and it's because this is the only experience that I have with it, but that is how I, Yeah. that's how orcs are. So I see this one, I was like, mm, well, he should sort of be a bit more crouched over and he should kind <laughs> of have like more bulk and yeah, it's it's just different. Yeah. And we all know different is wrong. <laughs> as is change. Everything needs to be the same.
0: <laughs> oh, dear. Speaking of the wrong crowd like that. Um, so, yeah, it looks I like. Think I,
2: could, I think I could, people could get behind that.
0: I'm really disappointed there's not a more. Because um, we also saw the gene stealers that they previewed last time. I think it
2: was the gene stealers that we looked at and just like, wow, that looks amazing. Yeah. So
0: I'm disappointed they're not releasing those yet. I'm, yeah. Or if they have released them, I've blinked and they've missed seen them. them. I haven't seen we them. We have, have them for been sale. really
2: busy. So. There no, but I normally possible. try and keep an you eye do. on them. Yeah, you do. You're always so, on it.
0: Um, so following on from that, we've now got the new Joy Toy action figures. Oh
2: my goodness, they have to change that name.
0: Now, I was horrified at the price of these when we saw them. They were like 200 and something dollars a set I with was, a nine-month lead time.
2: Well, it, for me, yeah. I mean, I was, I was horrified by the price, but I was more horrified by the fact that you pay now and get them in nine months. Yeah.
0: And look, I mean, the Bandai characters and stuff have done the same, where you know they're limited to so many copies, and they they are made to order products. So I kind of get it, but at the same time, I kind of don't.
2: And I understand that you know when I it's- shared my horror at the prices, there were a few people there were a few people who shared the horror, and a few people that were I like, went, yeah, "Well, it's fine. That's that's kind of what you would expect it to be." Well, it's not what I would expect it to be, but okay. Yeah.
0: Look, so they've given us Ultramarines, um, Primaris intercessors now, which are sort of. I thought they would have kicked off with these, and instead they started with the infiltrators and the mm. um, incursors.
2: What do you think to them?
0: Look, this—I uh, really. Oh
2: my goodness, that head is weird.
0: What the head? Yes. I actually went. I was about to say, like, it's actually really well painted. It's weird. The bald head with the.
2: Uh... Yeah, because it looks like a human head, and I'm not used to that. <laughs> like, it actually looks real. It,
0: it look, it's it's really well painted. I like it.
2: It's it's odd. <laughs>
0: Look the um the attention to detail like there's a lot of edge highlighting been done there's there's clearly more effort been done than the McFarlane base versions and like you said last time you get all the different weapons and heads and mm. all the bits and bobs it still strikes me as weird it's squads of four because in all of the stories in all of the books in all of the games it's always combat squads of five so why are they four I don't get it um, we're also getting Blood Angels. Uh, Death Company which again painted to a really high standard. I'm interested in that there's not that much like like these miniatures when they were done years ago for the first time had lots of red crosses on them to symbolize the, um, the wounds that Sanguinius suffered before he died. So he's they're meant to be kind of covered in wounds and instead they've got one on a shoulder pretty consistently and one on the knee and that's kind of it. They're meant to be different because each Marine sort of has his own vision of how Sanguinius died when he decides to join the Death Company.
2: So they didn't so all they, get the, kneecapped captain.
0: Well, they're all too uniform, basically. Mm. They're all meant to be slightly varied, but... Uh, it
2: looks like one of them is different, so... Well, the... There's a
0: there's like a sergeant variant which yeah. has got like a, a heraldic shield.
2: Instead of the cross on his shoulder pad. Yeah.
0: I, I can't tell whether he actually has a shoulder pan or not from the angle. It's a bit weird. Oh, well, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it is. Um, on but his shoulder,
2: whatever that is. Again, called. we're
0: getting bare head options and chainsaws and guns. Okay, and
2: it's much weird. So I thought it was weird seeing the other guy the with a bald head. But it is a lot weirder seeing that head on the floor.
0: <laughs> yeah, so the Death Company Marine actually has the helmet on the model. Yeah, that. And then the spare that's head. That's weird. You, <laughs> with, surely with
2: the, you'd put the spare head on the guy the and put the helmet on the ground.
0: <laughs> you don't like the shocking blonde hair and slightly cross eyed look and expression?
2: I, that's not bothering me as much as the fact that his head's on the floor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, then we go to the next thing, which I, I can't even imagine what the price tag for this is going to be. They're doing a scaled in Kursa, uh, sorry, Invicta Warsuit. So this is Dreadnought sized in 40k. Nice. Now, if it is fully modular and the pilot in there is actually to scale with all the other joy toys, this thing is going to be... Nine ten inches tall.
2: Move it around. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's a quiet one, so it'll be. <laughs> it'll be, you know, stealthy. Mm. Um, but it's going to be nine or ten inches tall.
2: And do you know what? Just because you, who are listening to us, can't see us, we both had to do the arm actions when <laughs> we made those
0: noises. <laughs> so. Like knowing the squad was two hundred and yeah, no, it was more than that. Well, no, you had to buy both, and that was how you got the free miniature, because that was when they did the sergeant free model. So it was Mm. like four hundred and something dollars for the two. Yeah. Um. This is gonna be, surely. This is now in the two three hundred plus dollars by itself.
2: I don't know. Maybe more. You were getting four. Four the size
0: of the pilot though. Look at the size of it.
2: Yeah, I get that it's huge. I clearly have no concept around how much this stuff costs.
0: No, I suppose neither do I, for that matter. But um, the fact that they've actually done it, like I saw someone mocking it up, going, oh, you know, this is. I thought it was a mock up. In actual fact, it was a prototype. Yeah. What's interesting is you can actually see on this prototype the styration lines where I wonder if this is actually a prototype from 3D printing. Because the, um, the heavy stubbers on the front of it, you can actually see. These sort of where they've been picked up by the dry brushing, yeah, and that's not uncommon. You see a lot of that sort of pre-cast stuff, like when they're doing the prototyping mm. for Games Workshop, do the same thing, and some of those those get painted and end up in the miniatures on the box art, and people zoom in at ten thousand zoom and go, "Oh my god, it's three D printed!" Yeah, of course it is. It's not been injection cast yet,
2: and that's it. it's the yet, and that's because you can't. You know, they're putting it out there to try and get. Try and get attention for it before they've had a chance to actually make the molds and do all of that stuff. So
0: the weird thing about this is, so we've only had Space Marines from Joy Toy at the moment. Every time I say that name, you shake your head. I it's hilarious. It. <laughs> I just
2: surely somebody looked at that and went, mm, <laughs> mm, "Maybe but we are they naive? To are they innocent? <laughs> yeah, or are they not?"
0: Or is it an inside gag that everyone in the boardroom went, yeah, we're doing this. This is awesome. Like, <laughs> I like the latter. I like that as an idea. That it's a self, like it's an in-joke that they are all 100% self-aware of it and they did it on purpose to make parents feel awkward buying joy toys for their kids. Um. <laughs> anyway. I'm really interested to see where they go after Space Marines because now we've seen four different squads of Space Marines plus the Invicta Warsuit. And we kind of saw them do the same thing with McFarlane and Bandai where Bandai have still only done Space Marines mm. and McFarlane jumped pretty quickly out of Space Marines because we got Necrons almost immediately yeah. or we got a Necron immediately. And then we've yeah. had Sisters of Battle. Now we're about to get genes Dealers, and we're getting Orcs. Mm. So are we going to see these guys expand and do... Because at the moment, they're going, oh, here's Space Marines at $230, whatever it was, for a set of 4 I Could to look it up. I um, remember. And they don't interest me enough to want to... Like, I remember saying, oh, you know, if they're only like $120, $130, you know, I'd buy a set just to see what we got. Mm. Now I'm sat here going, yeah, hell no. But then I'm now also going, oh, if they gave me a box that was a Striking Scorpion, a Howling Banshee, a Dark Reaper, and a Fire Dragon for 200 and something dollars, would I shake it off or would I go, no, I need those and I need those now? And I ha- I can't help but feel like I would just be going, yeah, I'll just hit order and worry about that later. So is it is it my own bias against space marines where I'm just going, yeah, I don't care about them? Is I
2: can't it- find the price. I remember posting it somewhere, but I have no idea. I can't remember <laughs> if I posted it as you or posted it as me or which group I posted it in. Anyway.
0: And look, I mean, the other question is, if we get Chaos Space Marines or if we get Salamander Space Marines, is our son going to go, oh, I need those? Mm. And now he's actually earning money. He could buy them.
2: He could. I've told him that he's not allowed to buy anything until after Christmas. He's on a spending ban.
0: Oh, okay. He's got plenty to go on with. Um, So, yeah, they're coming soon. There's no idea of price or anything like that, but, yeah. Moving on. Warcry. I was intrigued by this miniature. I don't know if you've seen it. I wanted to share it with you, hopefully, brand new.
2: I'm going to be honest. I've been working something like 19 yeah, hours you, a day for the last hour. But you long. get the
0: same pop ups and threads that I get. So Actually, you, you quite might've...
2: interestingly, sometimes you try and show me stuff. I was like, I saw that three days ago. <laughs> okay, show me. Ta da! Okay, I have not seen that.
0: Here's the Broodmaster. Um the way they describe him he's related to spiders in some way.
2: Yeah, well, I kind of see that with the spiders that he's got on he's his He's got cloak. six
0: limbs. Mhm. Um which instantly is weird for a spider because spiders have eight.
2: Mhm.
0: But he has a lot going on.
2: Mm. That's where I'm at at the moment, it's <laughs> a lot going
0: on. I'm just going to let you keep squinting at it for a second. So we've got four swords, we've got him leaping through the air, we've got a cape covered in... I can't tell whether that's hand-painted on or whether that's no, sculpted I don't on I reckon
2: that's sculpted. I don't know,
0: I, I reckon it could be either. There's, my, there's my parts of it that I definitely think could be painted.
2: Oh, yeah, and look, there are some really talented artists, so most definitely it could be, but my my bet is that that's all sculpted. Oh, I'm sorry, are we keeping you awake? Yep, definitely.
0: <laughs> um <laughs> Oh, look, with dry brushing and stuff to pick that out, absolutely, it could it's, very well be.
2: It's really odd. Um, I, I find myself struggling with some of the 40K models. Like
0: This isn't 40K, this is Warcry.
2: Yes, that's true. Okay, never mind. Apparently, I'm tired too.
0: <laughs> They've literally gone, hey, there's this new cool model with no context, mm. no nothing. And... I'm going to finish
2: my thought for what I was going to say about okay. 40K anyway. Oh.
0: Oh, he's a severed head of a giant carousel spider he's using as a mask.
2: Ah. Right. So they th-
0: you can kind of see he's got a like his chin showing at the very bottom there.
2: What's behind his head?
0: I'm assuming that's another part of a spider?
2: I don't know. It looks it doesn't look it like a It could be spider. part of his
0: skin because he we does have four of six limbs, so it could be part of him.
2: It looks a bit like a webbed hand. Uh yeah. With seven fingers, so it's not a well. You know. I have no idea. Mm.
0: I really like the model. I don't know why. It's just suitably messed up and creepy, and There's I like parts the parts of
2: it that I like. But it, you know, like the lower set of—I'm going to call them—lower arms. I don't like how they join the body.
0: I think this is a problem with anything when you start taking a humanoid torso and trying to add extra shoulders yeah, to it. Yeah, definitely. Because the the way your body. Moves doesn't really
2: allow for allow
0: that. for having extra limbs,
2: but I I want to see it. Why can't they do something so that you can rotate it?
0: Yeah, it's not for sale yet. Otherwise, it'd probably have a three D preview that you could rotate around.
2: Because I want to see what's happening with whatever it is. Like, I'm assuming that that's a leg, but I can't quite see what happens with it. And where's the? Well, it's that it. leg. You've got the leading.
0: You've got a leading knee there. Knee,
2: and I love that leading knee. Um. <laughs>
0: He's got a nice knee. Whoa, well, it, okay, I actually quite like she, it.
2: it's thigh. I think that's a lovely leading thigh. How's that? Have you noticed he's got but a then, face on his torso? Well, I wasn't sure if that was a face. or It, it was looks just a lot like a face that, to me. Whatever that was kind of stretched over something. And then I sort of can't quite get my head to work out what those stringy things are that are behind him and where are the stringy things and are they feet there?
0: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I got nothing because that's literally all we get. Yeah. So that's um hard. so this comes from Warcry Red Harvest. So um I'm assuming it means we're going to get new Warbands and expansions for Warcry.
2: Hmm.
0: Um I already I know a lot of uh a lot of Drakari players like to point to anything remotely heroic and elven. Vaguely shaped and go. Oh, it's a new Archon. I know nah. a lot of them. No, a lot of them have been pointing at this and going, "Oh, it's a new Homunculus because it's got lots of limbs and it's a creepy, evil-looking dude."
2: We all want to take credit for something that we think is cool.
0: That's very true. You
2: know, I like the model. It's like Russell Crowe. All Aussies want Russell Crowe to be Australian until he's throwing <laughs> a phone, and then all of a sudden he's from New Zealand. <laughs> It's that same kind of thing, isn't it? Look, you can put it that way if will, you really want. I will to. admit that throwing a phone is less of a threat now than it was when he threw yeah, the phone. That is
0: very true. <laughs> um, the next one I want to talk about very quickly is the new Kill Team box that's coming. Uh, Kill Team Chal- Chalnath? Chal- yeah, let's Chalnath, go with that. let's go with that.
2: Although, with with Games Workshop and Warhammer, that could Make actually that... be Siobhan. To be, to be
0: fair, I was um, speaking to a staff member at one of the Games Workshop officers and I, I said a name from the range. And he went, yeah, you can pronounce it like that. I said, well, how should I pronounce it? He went, we make these words up. You can pronounce it however you like. <laughs> and I went, excellent. Um, So this, I believe, goes up for pre-order on the 20... No, the 30th. I think this is pre-order on the
2: 30th. Which is Saturday.
0: Which is tomorrow.
2: Awesome. Are we on Friday?
0: Yeah, it's right. Friday today. Awesome. Um, so we're getting Tau and Sisters in this box. Mm. Now, over the last little while, they've been previewing the miniatures that are coming. So, what's interesting about this, from what we gather, is
2: can I tell you something that's really funny? Sure. So we we're looking at this and um, going through you know different things. The kill team's got this Tower coming out, and our son's like, "Oh, why would they do Um Bias is showing. <laughs>
0: So the new tower, uh, from what I can gather, they are the Pathfinder set with another upgrade. I thought
2: that's a Space Jam. Like, <laughs> okay, trying to keep it relevant.
0: It looks like it's basically an upgrade sprue that's going to be thrown in with the Pathfinder team. So they're not redoing the box. This I, I was trying to figure out when the Pathfinders were released because they feel relatively recent, mm. and then I went looking and found a photo of the sprue two thousand and twelve.
2: It's relatively recent. Well,
0: in Games Workshop terms, yeah, it is, because I've got miniatures that go back to the early 90s that are still in use today, and they're still sold today, yeah. even scarily enough. Um, but what I like about this is they are giving you a whole bunch of bare heads and sort of... They're giving the tower a bit more of a personality than just all of them wearing helmets and that sort of thing. Um, so hopefully... Remember,
2: they're wearing helmets. You don't have to paint nice. eyes.
0: Well, yeah, and you're painting blue skin, as if painting skin wasn't hard enough. Now you got to paint this weird sort of aquatic feel. But um, So we've got the tower, and then we have a new unit um, for the Sisters of Battle, which are the Sisters Novitiates, oh, I suppose is the way... Is that Novitiates, that word? Yeah. Novitiates, yeah. So they what most interestingly, they've given us a data sheet to download, which is a free download for the unit.
2: Awesome.
0: Now, when I looked at that compared to the stuff we've seen, I'm now wondering whether you can make a legal unit for 40k out of the kill scene box, depending on what you get on the sprue. Yeah. Um, And they give us a close-up of one of the, the sisters with an auto pistol and sword. And I can't help but feel I don't like these models. I do not like it at all. Yeah ironically it's probably one of the best sculpts in terms of armor that might actually exist in real life but it's a it's it's not it's a yeah it's not a not a great looking model um the 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 squad leader
2: it's very very rare we agree on something
0: it is the squad leader looks kind of cool but she's in full power armor
2: okay i can't see that i'm too far away and i haven't got glasses on let me squint yeah, so from a distance. She looks pretty cool. Well, I quite like red, so let's go with yes. <laughs> and some
0: of them look like they're interesting quite poses.
2: Close up, I like red as well. Uh, yeah, yes, but... Mm. I'm wondering whether
0: the colour scheme is the main issue here. It's not. Well, uh, like you've got like a blue-grey, black and like tan. Like there's no... Like if you replaced all the tan bits with red, or if you changed the, the cover of her hood to red or you gave her some point of contrast or vibrancy maybe. I don't know.
2: And her face didn't look like you'd grabbed hold of her eyeballs and tried to rip them out through her ears and smushed her nose with a... Nah.
0: I'm trying to find... We actually got some really good photos of them. Um, If you remember when they first started previewing them from the... uh, Was it Gen Con or one of those tournaments? Uh, One of those events where they kind of showed them off and we talked briefly about them. And we, we kind of agreed there. Um, hang on, here we go. We might get some better photos here. I don't like the hat. The squad leader has a...
2: Tea cozy on her head.
0: <laughs> she's got two different hats. One of them looks like an Imperial Commissar's hat and the other looks... like. You know what it looks like? It looks like the thing that my grandma used to put over her toilet rolls on top of like, the the toilet roll doll doll thing. That's what it looks like she's got on her head.
2: I don't think so, but it does look terrible. I'm. If you really love these Sisters of Battle, I'm sorry that I'm being so...
0: <laughs> we're being critical of them.
2: Yes. And if you were one... Of, I mean, it's very unlikely the designers are listening to this, but should you happen to be one of the designers, you have done an amazing job. I just don't like them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> See, um,
2: I quite like the main chick.
0: With the sword and pistol.
2: Yeah. Even though
0: with the bolt gun, she looks okay. It's just no. that that head and backpack are weird.
2: Yeah, I definitely prefer the other head and the other odd helmet.
0: You know, we've, no. we've got the um, the Penitent Eviscerator.
2: Nope, don't like no, it. No?
0: Two-handed chainsaw's not your thing?
2: I don't mind the chainsaw. That's actually probably the part of it Do that I like I th- the
0: most. Do you know what I think makes it look weird more than anything else? It's the neck.
2: There isn't one.
0: That's what I mean. Because they've put that nun's habit on them that covers their neck and shoulders and then wraps up and they've got no hair... You've got this face that's kind of floating.
2: Yeah, that's not what's bothering me. No? No. All
0: right, I've tried. <laughs> I've given my, given my shot at it. I really like the, um, the hospitaler, the medic. Yeah. She's kind of cool. Mm. And I'll be interested to see... I haven't bothered to check the data sheet yet, but I don't know whether she'll have 40K rules, whether you'll be able to put a medic in it. It feels like probably not, Um, which will instantly cause issues if the box sets 10 models and you need to have all 10 of them to make a 40k Mm -hmm. unit. So then you're choosing between 40k and kill team. Yeah. Um, It'll also be interesting to see whether you can mix and match the weapons for 40k like you can in kill team. Like, can I have some with bolters, some with autoguns, some with swords um, or whether they are an all or nothing unit. Mm. But uh, I suppose it would depend on what... Like, if there's one model that has to be built with that eviscerator in the box, then...
2: I the more I'm looking at these I'm changing my mind from a distance on mass apart from the tea cozy hat <laughs> I don't mind those bottom ones
0: I, I like the um I like, I like the, the the sergeant with the sword and pistol she's she's kind of cool yep I agree I'm 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 going to hold out until we see Spruce.
2: I'm going to hold out till I see a model that's been cleaned built and painted beautifully fair enough so i'm just throwing that out there as a challenge for anyone who comes to our events (laughs) so i can see one in my hand with my glasses on up close
0: well the other interesting thing about this box more than anything else is the terrain that they've put in it Mm -hmm. they've given us the eighth edition terrain that was the replacement ruins that were five inches tall Mm. and they even make comment about it um in one of the articles that I was reading because they they kind of, oh, you know, long-term fans of the game will remember these and be glad to see them again. Now, I'm glad to see them again because it actually gives me a chance to finish the board that I started building before they released and yeah. then immediately discontinued the terrain. Um, But at the same time, to have to get it out of a Kill Team box is like I'm hoping it's a separate th- release again. Um. And the funny thing is, when you compare the Orc train, which we've just finished building from our preview copy of the Games Workshop Centres... We've just finished building it, we? I gave it to Lachlan. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It's really good terrain. That Orc stuff is so good. You get the four corner pieces that actually can be combined to build one big building. Yeah. And you get all the scatter terrain, and it works so well. The instructions left a little bit to be desired, according to Lachlan, because there were parts that he had to kind of make up as he went, but... Which is kind of unusual for these days with Games Workshop, but it looks really good. Now I love the fact that for the kill team they had to include the rules for a door, yeah, <laughs> um, and a hatch. But uh, they've you know they've also gone punishing vantage points and different things like that. But this is the terrain from Eighth Edition. Mm. That's that's all it is. Yep. So I'm. I'm a, yeah, I'm kind of conflicted by it because it looks like depending on what's in the, on the sprues, it's not even the cool big, like the full pieces. It's it's the littlest building that they sold, yeah, which didn't include the statues and didn't include some of the solid panels and stuff because they um they mention in the article somewhere that says uh, oh you know there's um uh here we go Uh these runes were highly popular among Warhammer forty thousand players and hobbyists, and they've been clamouring for them to return ever since. They make an excellent addition to your terrain collection and mix together well with other scenery sex light, like the Command Edition Battlefield Expansion. Well, they don't because they're five inches tall, and the stuff that they released for Ninth Edition is only four inches tall, mm. so it doesn't it doesn't fit properly. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I've got a, a a small stash of this terrain, but. Am I going to buy multiple kill teams to try and finish it? Yeah, probably not. So it'll be interesting to see what sprues we actually get in the box. Hmm. So, because they show some quite big buildings in the preview photos. So
2: yeah, I mean that looks like it's what nine inch. No, that's a five inch. It's five. That's oh, a okay, five. Cool. I'm used to seeing the, yeah.
0: But yeah, it's uh, there's a uh, there's also a comment somewhere here that was talking about oh you know you get all these lovely line of sight blockers. But if it's the standard kit, they're all open windows. <laughs> so Don't
2: get me started.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see. Um, I'm looking forward to it. And from the looks of it, they're not discontinuing Octarius either, hmm. which I think is a sensible move for them. Yeah, Because A, it's only just come out. Mm. But B, it means that when you first decide to get into Kill Team, if you've got three or four box sets and you go, oh, I really want to play Orcs you can go and buy the Commandos from Octarius in the Octarius box and you get the Orc terrain, the Orc models and, Mm. you know, that sort of thing. If they're just going to replace it every three months...
2: Remind me again how much these boxes are. $290.
0: So, you get the two kill teams, the terrain, and then the rule book that goes with it, plus the board, plus... I believe this is coming with custom dice. Unlike Octarius, this comes with tower dice and sister's dice, I believe. Mm. So yeah look again for games workshop pricing individually it's cheaper than the parts mm. but as a 40k player this is the only place you're gonna get these sisters miniatures for the the time being
2: yeah I'm I guess I'm thinking of it differently I'm thinking of it as somebody who's coming in to play a box game yeah which is effectively you know this is I'm gonna use it as a gateway game into it two hundred and ninety dollars. It's a hefty price tag.
0: It is. It's certainly, as a standalone game, mm. it's expensive.
2: Mm.
0: But it's also... And the funny thing yeah, is... Yeah, look,
2: I, I can definitely see it both ways. I can definitely well, see... Well, was, I
0: was about to say, the, the Command Edition from 40k, I think, is only 225 mm. And there's more models. It's less terrain, but it's arguably more useful terrain. You're still getting the board. You're still getting. Well, it's
2: not more useful. These the kill team terrain is useful for kill team, which is well. The funny thing is the orc, box is the
0: orc terrain. Though I reckon with an like if you had four Octarius, yeah, you would have enough ruins that you could build a forty k table with it, and all you'd have to do
2: oh, cheap it half the price of eight hundred dollars. <laughs> no, sixteen. No, how, what's that? Three hundred. Twelve hundred. $1, Twelve hundred. We'll get there in the I end. I can do this.
0: Um, which is why I'm hoping they sell it separately. Because if they sell the Orc stuff separately, it could do you could do a really cool table. But at the moment, the only way is Octarius. And then you end up with all the commandos that you have to sell and all the Krieg that you have to sell. And yeah, if they do discontinue Octarius, I really hope we do get access to everything that was in it in some way, shape or form. And they've said the kill teams will come out separately, but no one's really mentioned the terrain or the book or anything like that.
2: I'm going to be honest, there aren't as many people that focus on terrain as much as we do. Yeah, I suppose. Like we come at it with a very different lens.
0: Yeah, okay, I can I can pay that. Mm. I'd just like to have an orc table that I can put out.
2: Yeah, I get that. I just think that we, as I said, we come at it with a very different lens. Like most people go, okay, well, I've got a table worth of terrain, I'm good to go. (laughs) (laughs) We go. We've got sixty.
0: We like another theme.
2: Yeah, and mm, got yeah no.
0: Now, um, there was a model, I say a model, there was, I wonder if it's actually on order now, um, that I saw a couple weeks ago that I was actually half considering ordering as a present for one of our kids, um, that coincided with all the orcs and bits and pieces, but now I'm wondering if it was, oh no, there it is. I present to you, Emma, the Koyo Warhammer 40,000 Nurgling plush toy.
2: We are not buying that for any of our children.
0: How cool is that?
2: Yeah, no.
0: You don't like the idea of having a little nurgling plushie in the room?
2: Okay, apparently our eldest child thinks it's great. She Um, has the
0: right right idea. Good good girl. Um, Although, Danica, I've got one better. Come, Come on. You can lean over my shoulder and say hello to everyone.
2: Hello, everyone.
0: So, deck the halls with plush squigs. Oh, we have to get that. It is a... Orc squig plushie with reindeer ears and baubles. Christmas
2: is your season, Mama. We have to get that.
0: How amazing is this?
2: Okay, I'll admit it's cute. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And how much is this?
0: Well, the nurgling is $35. Australian. Mm. I don't know how big it is. I really don't care, to be fair. Um they're also doing stockings, a chaos stocking and an imperial stocking.
2: Okay, Christmas is my season, but I do not need a Warhammer stocking.
0: Oh, I, I i can think of at least a couple of people in this house that do.
2: You have a Warhammer everything else.
0: She's right. Mm. We need to get her a microphone. I like her when she's listening and like on my side.
2: When she's on your side, yeah. It doesn't yep. happen often. All right.
0: And I, Please remember that a squig is for life, not just for Christmas.
2: Mm. <laughs> then I don't think we should get one.
0: (gasps) No, no, it's definitely coming out. Kiko can play with it. It's bigger than she is. The only thing I'm a bit concerned about is the nose. I think the nose is the most disconcerting part of the whole thing, to be fair, because it's got a very human nose, and I've never seen a squig like that.
2: How many squigs have you seen? (laughs) Lots.
0: But I love it. So I had to save this one for last because I just thought, you know what, the nurgling's cool. The nurgling's this little creepy thing with its guts hanging out and, you know.
2: Okay, I vote squig. Bye bye
0: podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so the the Nurgling plush, they when they first previewed this, there is a six foot tall one of these in one of the stores in the UK. Like it is like you know those giant teddy bears that are yes. just so impractical, no one would buy it. I would buy it. It's a nurgling, which is friggin' awesome. Um, if
2: it was six foot tall, I would buy it.
0: <laughs> but because of the fact it's the size of a, a little pillow, it's not worth buying.
2: It doesn't excite me if it's just a regular sized teddy bear. <laughs> okay, fair enough. It's also a little bit weird that it's got moobs. Well, it's Nurgle. And?
0: Almost oh, Nurgle things have moobs.
2: Mm, I think it's weird.
0: You know, to explain what a moob is for those of you who are playing along at home? Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 so uh there's also a space Marine chibi advent calendar i love I love the fact they've gone full on into Christmas because uh you know what it is your season
2: it is my season and i our son is designing me an obsec dice Christmas hat t-shirt well for our um obsec Family day, Christmas family day. There are
0: twenty-four Chibi Space Marines in this Advent calendar.
2: Again, I don't feel like I need that.
0: I'm I, if it weren't just if it were like factions of forty K rather than Space Marines, I'd totally buy one of these. Like without hesitation, it'd be sat on the shelf. Hmm. So, you you know, while they're not listening to me t- about putting Eldar and other factions in there, you, you're a little bit safe. But we do have a son who loves Space Marines.
2: Yeah, I'd, cons- I'd consider getting it for him, but... <laughs>
0: uh... I love the fact they are leaning into this sort of stuff and going, you know what? Parents don't know how to buy miniatures for their, fa- like their family members a lot of the time. So let's give them cool slightly more relate like it's a plush toy i know what a plush toy it is it is a
2: plush toy and so we well as my our youngest is still very much into plush toys and apparently so is our eldest um but i guess i don't feel like we need we don't have family at an age for buying plush toys but at the same time i can kind of see that if you've got a very young family then i can see that that's kinda of cool to buy them something that dad plays with.
0: For the little one like little yeah. ones. Yeah, okay. I mean,
2: I'm not hundred percent sure about buying your kid a plush toy where it's supposed to have its intestines hanging out. <laughs> but you never know. Maybe that maybe that child will go on to become a doctor.
0: So I'm just hoping I can find there's the photo. So I've just found it it's it looks like it's made of felt because it's really kind of weirdly coloured. It
2: does look a little bit like suede type thing. Yeah
0: the 6 foot 1 is hilarious mm. um so that was featured at uh tottenham court road in london that was where it was uh in the questions they asked about the little plushy nerd when they first previewed it uh is it machine washable is it what's it filled with is it scented what sort of voice will you use when you make it talk to your friends will everybody be buying one since um and once um, inadvertently someone a lesser demon how many do you need to fill a ball pit? And what will you tell children when they ask why it's, what's on its tummy? Mm. So, I love it. it there's def- and then we've also got Archibald the Griffhound coming as well, who is a Griffhound. Yeah. He looks a little bit manky. He's, I don't know that the beak translates well into plushy. No. <laughs> but... Oh, look, he's even got the little armored spike on this. That
2: the sa- does not translate well either. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: haven't, <Nope. laughs> I haven't seen the Griffhound available for sale yet, but I when have... we're
2: not on air, I'll tell you what that reminds me. You- <laughs> I'm just going to say the harness isn't helping. <laughs> you know.
0: So, if you want, if you do want one of your uh, Nurgling plush toys. They're 35 bucks in stock on the Wahama store right now. And they've previewed the Christmas squig, yeah. which just has to be a thing. I think our son's just seen it over my shoulder. What do you, you want to weigh in? What do you think, buddy? It looks like the original design for Shrek. Have you seen the Nurgling?
2: I have. That one just kind of looks like Shrek, but
0: that one- <laughs> Anyway... I, All right. He's wrong, so he can go away. Go away. He's wrong. The oldest, oldest child is correct. So these must be in our house. If you can have a Christmas tree for Disney stuff, I am like we've got most of the decorations now for a forty k Christmas tree. We, can we have. We
2: were an, supposed to have an entire Christmas tree filled with.
0: We've got most of the models painted now, right. so we might have to have a uh, an Urgling and a Squig join the tr- the tree.
2: <laughs> oh, I'll have to buy another Christmas tree.
0: I'm sure you've got plenty. I'm don't sure know, we can I commandeer it. Buy another one to put there. Anyway, as long okay as I get my, my as I get my plushies, I don't care. Um, we're going to wrap this part of the episode up now.
2: That's and- a shame. <laughs>
0: it, it always ends up meandering a little bit. Oh. Uh, and we're going to be back in a second to talk to Josh from Strongborn Games about his new game Strongborn that is uh, presently for pre-order on their website. And uh, we hope you enjoy the interview. We'll be back after that to wrap up the episode. All right. So we're back.
2: We are.
0: We're back to talk uh, a new game in WA. Hmm. Uh, Joining us is Josh.
2: Yes. Hi, guys. uh, Hello, Josh. Thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Now, Josh is from Strongborn Games. Um, If you haven't already read the show notes that are available where you found this episode, uh, strongborngames.com is the website. Go and check it all out. There'll be photos and everything like that in the show notes for today and links to this as well. Uh, But in the meantime, we're really excited.
2: Hmm. So, um, you probably have heard me say before, because I do tend to, you know, if I've got a soapbox, then I like to jump back on it as often as I possibly can. So, you know, nothing ever comes to Perth. And, you know, I've talked about the fact that when we were growing up, concerts never came here and, you know, if we wanted to see bands, they went to the east coast of Australia, but nothing was ever, nothing ever came to WA. And as we have grown up and we now have children who are, you know, um, starting to think about what they want to do, the idea of being a game developer or a game designer in Western Australia is almost laughable, right? Absolutely. And that was one of the things with Southern Hemisphere Open when we were running that, we were really trying to find West Australian designers and West Australian developers to show people that actually it can be done here in Western Australia. You don't have to move to America or you don't have to move to Europe. And so, um, you know, it was our son's birthday in September – and I was really excited to see that there was a game expo on at the new museum, Yep. Um, which since it was only on for two days and one of those days was his birthday and we had no idea what to do for his birthday, I honestly thought it had been put on just for us. And so we went along and that's where we met Josh. So, um, and very unlike you, you then stood and talked to them for forever
0: oh thanks very much
2: (laughs) and so (laughs) (laughs) so part of that conversation was inviting josh to come and be part of today's episode so josh thank you so much for agreeing to come on and talk to us and i think just shining the light on the fact that west australia's west australians can actually be game developers
1: you know, I think it's uh, I think it's the time of the independent game developer too. I think it's we're in the right the right season. It's COVID, just starting to recover from COVID. COVID,
2: touch wood, started, touch anything. Started,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, I think if it wasn't for COVID, I think a lot of uh, independent developers uh, might not have started the way that they have. Um, mm. you, know, you start looking at start looking at Steam, the Nintendo eShop, there. They're just going through the roof with indie games right now.
0: Well, people have got to fill their time some way and sometimes it's, you know, you can turn a hobby in, uh, that's you're passionate about into something like this yeah, and look, I think all of a sudden you've got a product.
2: Yeah, and I think that there's been a lot of people who have, because you know, because of COVID, so trying to find silver linings for it, they have had time, some downtime. And, you know, because we do tend to get caught on the treadmill and, um, and you're busy and you're, you know, you sort of get caught up in everything and things that you think, oh, I'd really like to do that. You don't have time to do because of the everyday life. And I guess when everyday life sort of stopped for a number of people, it did give people the opportunity to do some of those passion projects and actually get them out and happening. So I guess that is a silver lining for COVID, although I'm still still not saying the C word. (laughs) I'd rather (laughs) say the other C word than this C word.
0: (laughs) So let's talk Strongborn Games um we were very fortunate we really appreciate josh giving us one of the first few i suppose retail copies is the best word for it because what yes. we what we got was a completed finished product it mm. was all plastic wrapped and all lovely and new and smelt new game yeah. um for those of you we'll, we'll make sure we've got photos for all of this but um the first thing that struck me apart from the board being super high quality like that mm. was yeah, really really, really lovely and like you, you, know, you can easily have gotten away with something a lot cheaper and thinner, but this was a really good quality board. The rule okay. book, the rule book's what, eight pages.
2: It's more like a rule yep. pamphlet.
0: It's like a yeah, it's a flyer. It's really amazing. <laughs> so, well,
1: I, I tried. So, so really, like, what one of my biggest things was Strongborn was to I, I did not like the idea of having a codex for a rule book for an introduction game. I wanted it easy enough that that anybody could pick it up and learn it within say three minutes. that's that's been my biggest ploy for this game.
2: That's awesome. I give things six minutes, so <laughs> I'll be able to read that twice in my six minutes. um and if you haven't caught me in the first six minutes, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> She's <laughs> honest, if nothing else. I am this is true. So Josh, before we go into um, before we go into the to the game and what it is, Tell us a little bit about you. So who are you and how did you end up developing a game?
1: Okay, so um, I'm actually, I'm, I'm from Victoria. I moved uh, to WA about... Sorry, we
0: won't uh, hold it against you. Considering I'm a Victorian. i
2: hold
1: that against yeah. you. you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I moved here because I was in the military. I spent a seven-year uh, career in the submarine squadron. Oh, I um, cannot think and... of anything
0: less appealing in the military that freaked yeah, me out. yeah
1: well it was it, you know you know it was something that it was something that defined me was was the military and uh, after seven years I, I left the military and realized I had lost a big part of me um, is I, I think I built an identity on being a submariner and everything like that and then when I left um, I was looking for I was looking for something that I could uh base say a whole new personality off essentially um, and that's how I sort of got into game designing. From there, um, it was it was something that I've always wanted to do, but never uh, never pursued.
2: Hmm. And then, so tell me where the idea came for the game. Um,
1: okay, so I'll and this is this is gonna set up a bit of uh, a bit of background for the game too. Um, I'm I'm a big video game myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so board games is new to me my, my patience level with learning a tabletop or board game Is quite low And I think it's probably represented in that 8 page booklet there <laughs> yeah.
2: I am the total uh, opposite My son tried to get me to play What was the Mario game he wanted me to play the other day?
0: Was that Mario Kart? Or... No it wasn't
2: Mario Kart It was it was another one But anyway it was hell Honestly how people do that to relax I don't know I've never been a. stress. Oh stressed. that was just
0: Super Mario Brothers
2: It was very stressful <laughs> <laughs> I was not um, made for video games. <laughs>
1: yeah, but, but um, yeah. So essentially, I entered into making a board game because I was actually I was actually following uh, Cyberpunk that was being developed at the time, and I had known that it was a uh, tabletop RPG prior to that, um, and then. I'd never really played it before. But then I thought to myself, um, you know, if they needed a platform to start at, and I was like, well, for myself to create a tabletop game, that was my best starting point for a actual uh, PC game. Um, and then it sort of evolved from there. I was like, hang on, I actually really got something here. It went from just being a... Uh, you know, thinking of the concept ideas for an actual game, and I was like, this makes a damn good board game.
2: Hmm.
0: I mean, the sort of PvP, Warcraft, um, or similar sort of game um, hasn't really been done on the tabletop the way you've done it. And it's quite an interesting take on that as well, because it does does feel quite a lot like that sort of experience playing World of Warcraft or those sorts of similar PvP-style games. So I think and, I, and,
1: I, and I've gotta say I've taken a lot of inspiration from World of Warcraft with that,
0: but all the characters are distinctly legally distinct from World of Warcraft <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, <are>. definitely <laughs> and the word orc is used in the generic sense and is completely un um unassailable in terms of copyright infringement mm-hmm. so we're gonna Perfect. <laughs> um,
2: so, so what's the um the premise behind the game?
1: okay, so. So with my when I when I did have inspiration to design Strongborn, it's um I I was a heavy PvP in World of Warcraft, um, and it's probably quite evident by the the layout of uh, Strongborn with the player versus player arena combat. Mm. Um, so the premise of the premise behind the game is a modular map. A, construct a team of characters and then make the map in any configuration that you like. Um, and it's a, a arena fight to the death game, um, a simple concept that's been done in in most in a lot of video games, mm. but this is really the first time I've seen it done on a tabletop environment.
0: I mean, there there are skirmish sort of tabletop games. I'm thinking things like Malifaux and War yeah. Machine spring to mind, but they're they're a different sort of tact because you know each of those kind of handles that PvP style game in a different way, and I think. Both of them still feature that idea of minions where you've got lots of sort of little monsters or little support things, whereas yours is literally sort of two teams of heroes. Yes. So, so th-
1: essentially essentially I just I've got six core characters that are with, uh, that are with this, and my future plans are to have more of an ever building roster that are going to build up. and, and my, my vision is that people are going to start making teams for Strongborn.
0: Oh, look, I think it's sort of a natural progression um, and something like this where it is PvP lends itself to that sort of competitive environment as well where you could run competitions and tournaments and that sort of stuff um, in the future with the appropriate support and expansions. And I've I've got the six characters here. Mm-hmm. We've got Arno, the Orc Paladin, Eve, the Kitsune Priest, uh, Kadia with a K, the Elf Hunter, uh, Loka, the Orc Warrior, Malazar, the Human Rogue, and Maya the Human Mage. So we've got we've kind of got the, the six core cool archetypes there. We've got the fighter, the priest, the wizard. The I, I mean, it's used the words hunter on this card, but it's um uh, it's got an archer sort of vibe to it. Mm. And then we've also got the um the rogue, and then we've got the the knight in the paladin. So they're all they should all be familiar to most players in terms of what you can expect them to do on the table as well. So, like you said, picking it up and going, oh, I'm going to use the rogue and the priest and the wizard, or the mage, should feel pretty familiar to anyone who's even remotely familiar with those sort of stereotypes.
1: And, and that was, like, my main, main aim. I wanted players to be able to already already have an idea of what these characters were. Like, a priest has always very traditionally been a healer and things like that. It's like, it's, it's, I want people to already sort of know what they're putting together before they even play the game.
2: How does that work with people who don't have experience with um, with these kinds of games? People who are picking it up as a board game and who have never played games like this before.
1: I think in the, it's. I think a lot of uh, the familiarity for players that are unfamiliar with these mechanics will come from the simplicity of the wording on the on the cards and things like that. I spent a lot of time uh, trying to get the the wording for the attacks and everything to be crystal clear uh almost to a stage of um and and like i don't like to compare my game to other games but i want it to be simple as simple as pokemon trading card game in that regards
0: i was about to say it does it does have some elements um i've played a lot of malifaux in its early days um, which is obviously card driven as well and the descriptions and interactions on these cards are actually pretty well spelled out. To be like, I've I've seen I've been part of playtesting with Malifaux, and I've done bits and pieces for other companies. And I, I picked up the first card I picked up was the Human Mage, and it says a Fireball. Roll one dice. Roll thirty. Uh, roll seven or above to successfully attack. Cool. Target one enemy. Damage all surrounding characters within a three by three grid around the enemy. Damage does not affect allies. I don't know how much more simple you can kind of get. Hmm. Like it, it actually spells that out really precisely and it's only in a handful of lines which is nice Hmm. because it does mean that you know you're picking that up and it's called fireball kind of does what it says on the tin explains what it does like i i can appreciate some of that um because it does mean that someone who isn't familiar with some of the archetypes you can kind of look and go hey the dude with the giant axe has got a special attack called cleave (laughs) roll two dice if both dice are 10 or above instead of dealing 30 damage." You know, he does a big sort of spin around himself. So, you know, I think that the way you've set it up is um, is expandable but simple at the same time.
1: Yeah, that was uh, that was one of my uh, biggest goals through through playtesting was uh, simplifying the wording and the attacks down to to an absolute basic level.
0: So, um, my next question is: Where are the magic items? <laughs> I know that that inst- <laughs> that instantly adds complication to the characters. I get, um, but that yep. fe- that feels almost like an instant expansion pack.
1: Oh, de- definitely. It's um. I think what I wanted to do with the core set was to make the game so familiar at the start, but not overly introduce too much to begin with. Um, so that's why there's not like items and equipment and gear and everything like that, because. I first wanted players to become familiar with Strongborn to begin with. Yeah, um, but you know what? I, I've it's funny you say that. I have already got two expansions pretty well <laughs> ready to go on my end. Um, but when the time is right, I'll I'll release them.
0: It's one of those ones I think that you know I've, I've been playing tabletop war games and you know, RPGs and all that sort of stuff for th- some 30 years now. So that feels like a natural extension for me for this game is those sorts of complexities. But as you've just kind of said, you want to make sure that everyone can pick it up and play and you don't need an 80-page rule book to explain who gets what and how and when.
2: Yeah, I, don't, I really don't want complexities. Yeah, and, and I want people to
1: have the choice for the game to be complicated mm, too. So yeah. given, you know, given a bit of time and, you know, if, uh, well, once we start selling copies and things like that and the interest starts picking up, um i you know there's there's nothing to say that i can't make the game more complicated what
2: um and i guess one of the things that i like about it is that it says so um i haven't michael's got the box on his side of the desk but i think it's age six plus and or maybe it's 12 plus um but roughly an hour for the duration of the game and which for me that's the perfect length of time for a for a game, anything less than an hour. Yep, you're holding my attention anything more than an hour. I think oh that it's feels a,
0: like It is a rare game that holds the family for more than an hour. Well, it's they also, do exist, it's but it's a rare,
2: rare it's a rare time that we've got more than an hour to be able to commit to playing yeah, a game that's like true. that as the family or even just the two of us. So to have something where you go, "Oh yeah, well we've got an hour now. Let's have a quick game of whatever it is." And So for me, when you start adding complexities like that, you start going, okay, well, is my hour game now going to be an hour and a half or two hours? What does that mean? And how do those complexities add to that length of game? And can I commit to playing it? So while, yes, you're like, oh, let's add this in. For me, I'm going, (laughs) yeah, let's keep it simple, stupid. So, And that uh, represents the two
0: polar opposites of our gaming life.
2: 100%. (laughs) Yeah,
1: like, because we had a lot of interest during the playtesting phase where people were also really interested in an RPG sort of uh, mode for... Like for a levelling mechanic yeah. and that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, so, like, because, um, so yeah, some people weren't uh, too interested in PvP and they wanted to uh, play, they had a lot more, how to say, it, inspiration from Dungeons & Dragons that they that they wanted to see to be involved in Strongborn um but that that's another mechanic
2: I'm, I'm oh no let me has. cut him off at the knees i'm okay with that
0: like a pve style format where you get yeah you yeah. versus the game essentially
2: mm. no i'd rather versus you <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> to be fair the last sort of game we were playing similar to this in terms of heroes um sort of focused on heroes was cursed city by games workshop and i end up because it's a four-player game and it doesn't scale over four players i end up Resolving all the bad guys, so she takes great delight in murdering my minions. I do. So, uh, okay, <laughs> I really do. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this way, instead of murdering minions, she'll be murdering my
2: heroes. I'm okay with that too.
1: I think I think this game uh, can can settle a lot of household disputes.
2: <laughs> as long as it doesn't start more. That's that, that, the... <laughs> that is true. Um, it's not monopoly. Yeah, oh God, uh, don't, don't get me started. Yeah, if that's if a, that's ever a soap to... box all of its own. <laughs>
0: Look, there's only one set of Monopoly. I've a completely different tangent, but I'll, I'll say it anyway. Um, I was in a shop recently um, where I spent some time for work and they have a new set of Monopoly. No. And every I know for every single time I know someone's down that aisle because it's Ghostbusters Monopoly. And on the box, you can press Ecto-1, which is on the... It's actually built into the board mm. and it plays the Ghostbusters theme music. So you can be a hundred yards at the other end of the store and hear, doo, 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 and you go, okay, cool, someone's down that aisle. Um, we still haven't sold it because anyone who picks it up goes, what do you think of Monopoly? I tell them. But <laughs> it's... It um...
2: should be burned. Every single <laughs> every single copy of Monopoly should be burned. Um, I have
1: one copy in my house, but I, I think that would, uh, I would—I'd only bring that out if I
2: knew the relationship was at a at an end. We got yeah. about
0: seven copies. Some of them are still in shrink wrap.
2: Michael's mum—it doesn't matter how many times I say how much I hate Monopoly. She she went through a thing of buying him, and his birthday's in November, so she went through a thing of buying him. Monopoly for his birthday and then for Christmas. Yeah, we've like got multiple years we got, in a row. We got
0: the Hobbit Monopoly, we got Lord of the Rings Monopoly, which are two distinct things, believe it or not. Star Wars. Star, Monopoly. Wa- Star Wars Monopoly, then we got the the new tri- like the the prequel trilogy Monopoly for Harry Star Potter Wars Monopoly. as well. We got Harry Potter Monopoly, Australian Monopoly, mm. it's classic Monopoly.
1: Isn't it great being a collector? Oh.
2: Yeah, particularly when it's something that you really love collecting. That's okay, because <laughs> I reckon we'll just have a big bonfire. It'd be great. Look, we
0: we will support you if you ever get a license to do a Strongborn Monopoly. I can't promise we'll ever play it. No, definitely but not. We'll be, we'll be happy <laughs> for you.
1: Even, I, don't, I don't even know if I want to go that far yet. That's, uh, <laughs> that, that game. <laughs> I wouldn't. It's the dark
2: side. Um, so, yeah. what when you so you've developed this game? What is your absolute highlight for the game?
1: uh my absolute highlight is its simplicity it's not trying to be something it isn't it's not trying to be as complicated as dungeons and dragons it's not trying to be it's not trying to be just a regular board game and i think that's what makes it special it's it's that it is it's it's a medium ground between games
2: and what was the what was the hardest part of developing this game
1: um, well, okay. So the absolute hardest part I gotta say was uh, making it, it was really sort of catering to the the meta of the game. So making sure that like characters are of equal power and there's not one set team that's going to yeah. uh, going to overall mm-hmm. uh, that, that that was definitely the hard the absolute hardest part of this game. Um, we went through about seven months of uh, play testing with it um and what we found is as we were as we're adjusting health adjusting attacks changing roles things like that some characters some characters were coming up in power some were coming down and that's really what took our biggest chunk of playtesting was really to get everything finally tuned so all six really worked in unison with each other
2: and so what was that playtesting process like how many people did you have participating in that in that process
1: now i think we had about probably had about f- probably 20 odd people really thoroughly play tested the game with me a lot of them uh were friends with uh had a diverse lot of friends do it that like in terms of some of my mates had never played tabletop or board games before uh some were heavy gamers that wouldn't play board games. some were uh seasoned dnd players um that was that was really, sorry, like the the demographic of people that we're trying to reach. We're trying to get a mixed match of of people playing this game uh, so we can ascertain the level that the game's at.
2: And did you have a, um, you know, because, well, quite often for our events I'm one of two women in the room. So, uh, and, you know, at the, the game convention that we met you at, I think that, well, there was me and my two daughters and cat was there with you and I think we were the only women who were there. <laughs> so um so did you have you know did you have input from women as well were they part of your play, play testing
1: yes quite quite a few and it, it actually governed quite a bit of uh, artistic design anyway for uh, quite a quite a few of the characters um, if you look at like the the character Eve as a uh, a feminine priest-like character, um, but then when I actually drew Katie and myself, the elf hunter, um, I didn't want her to be distinctly feminine. I still wanted her to have um, a bit of uh, how do I say it? I wanted her to be a, a, a stocky, a stocky female character that was that looked strong in her in her own way, with a you know, but with also a bit of a light face to her as well. Um, and uh, and then Maya, I think Maya was more inspired from my partner, um, my artist, one of my artists drew Maya. Um, and I think that as well wasn't, we weren't trying to go overly female with the characters, but also try and cater to it a bit to everybody as well.
2: Which is, you know, I mean, if you try and cater to everybody, sometimes you can end up catering to nobody, but. Um, But I think it's, so it's interesting, we often get people come and ask us, how can we get, you know, how can male players get their partners involved in things like that? And, you know, often how can we, how can we find games that women want to play? Well, involve them in the process, involve them in the design, involve them in the, in testing, involve them in, involve them, you know, Mm. so uh, it's always exciting for me to hear that women have been involved in that process. And, and
1: my partner's probably been been the v- biggest voice for for a lot of the characters in this game as well. Uh, her favorite character is Maya, and uh, it's I, I think a lot of the colors and the, you know how the hair flows and everything like that. And I think a a lot of a lot of input was given on her behalf. She's always been a mage player as well, so of course she was going to take control of the mage. Hmm.
2: <laughs> um. And. Would you um so would you do it again?
1: Oh, in in you know you know what I would I would make I would make I'll, I'll still be making games until I'm over sixty, honestly this is this is not just a one the one game that I'm gonna make and then forget about it. It's gonna be I, I have some big plans, I got multiple multiple ideas for games we're we're actually we're actually talking with uh some other local game developers too um in terms of joining the strongborn family as well so that's something to keep an eye out for oh that's awesome that's
2: really exciting what was the process like so um you know you you said that you had this sort of this idea around the game and that you then went to a point where hey this could be a board game all of its own. How did you take that from a concept to actually now it's in a box that's on our desk? Well, actually, it's not. It's spread all. It's over spread the all desk, over the there's desk. A, yep. There's a box here as well. So you know, how did you take it from that the concept to now it's ready to go out to retail?
1: Um, okay, so like to first it off. I honestly, I hand drew. Everything to start off with. I uh, I recently Mum had a, launch stick a stick figure.
2: You can have a stick figure with little, a skirt or a stick yeah, figure with a bow tie. And, and,
1: and that's how it was too. It was like a stick figure with like a I, I Miles will have drawn this on a napkin, and and that and that's how it's and, then, and that's how it started. And I start and I, and I said to Kat, my partner, I said, so oh, I said I made a board game, and she goes, oh. And and I think in her in her head and she's she's told this to me, she never really expected it to be too much. Yeah. Um and that sort of first night where I had all of my concept board that I'd hand drawn everything with, with some marker pens and some hand handmade cards, and we got about we got about four games into it, and then Kat said to me, She's like, You've you've got something here.
2: Hmm.
0: Look, it's um uh, it's certainly combines a, a few of the different games, game styles that I really like, which is really nice to see. I would, I've seen a few games over the years. I've been part of play testing for a few different things. And I remember for one of the Malifaux play tests that we did in the early days, we got given a, a black and white list of profiles. We didn't have pictures or anything like that. And we were using bases with stick figures drawn on them and names so that we could figure out what was going on. So I totally understand where you must've been out in the early parts.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and then after I sort of progressed from that stage, I actually, uh, went and bought a whole heap of pre-made scenery and models and started playing around with the configuration of the map. And, and then it sort of just clicked. I was like, well, there's no, there shouldn't be a specific way on how to build this map. And that's what really gave birth to that sort of modular build it how you want map. There's, there's no way to it. Um, and then, and then from there, essentially, I spent a lot of time researching how who was printing board games. It was quite, quite hard to find someone to print board games too. by the way. Yeah, I imagine,
2: <laughs> particularly in WA. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, am am um, I right so... in saying, like, on the website right now, it says uh, Australia made all orders and parts made, checked and packed by real humans in Australia. I know when we spoke yes. earlier, um, you basically moved hundred percent of production to Australia now, haven't you?
1: Yes. So uh, as yeah, as of uh, as of today essentially all future orders now are hundred percent Australian made. Um I'm going through about six different suppliers to get everything, but I've made sure that nothing's coming from overseas. And it's uh, I'm not just I'm not only just trying to really support local Australian businesses in terms of producing games, um, but it's things like shipping, um, everything like that, which is just putting. We're just getting murdered with shipping at the moment. Uh, Strongborn was actually meant to be released a month ago, really, um, and but we've been on been on a waiting list of backlog from items from uh, from China and America, and yeah. But you, I think I've I, I think it's really nice now. Even our even our PLA now is. Uh, that, that's the plastic that we use to make all of the scenery and everything. That's that's Australian-made Australian plastic as well. So it's all recycled and Australian-made.
2: And, you know, something that we're having to think about, uh, well, I'm thinking about in my role outside of OBSEC, but um, how the choices that we make for our business impacts things like modern slavery and things like that. So, you know, with everything being made here in Australia, then it's reducing that that global impact as well, which is really, you know, that's really exciting.
0: Well, ignoring the um, benefits for supply chain control, yeah, it 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 means the ethical side of the business mm. model in terms of production exactly. and everything like that. You're not you're not concerned about what some of the major corporations around the world
2: yeah overlook. You know, So, so <laughs> not only is it supporting Australian Australian workers, Australian producers, Australian is supporting Australians, but it's also ensuring that we're not adding to that. Um, Yeah, to the modern slavery issues that are so big in other countries in the world. Yeah. So I think a
1: a bit of a tip to to anybody that's manufacturing games or even any sort of really product that's out there. um, One of the biggest things I've learned is uh, just have a look look at Australia first. Don't You don't have to go through overseas for a lot of these products and you you might actually be surprised at how cost-effective it is ordering from Australia and I, I've, I've certainly seen that myself as well.
2: Yeah, I definitely saw that when we were doing things around um, the Southern Hemisphere Open event. You know, you kind of go, oh, well, we'll go through some of these um, international companies because things are likely to be much cheaper if we do it that way. Well, they're actually yeah. not and then you also get slugged Terribly for shipping and postage costs, and, and then when they get here, they add. Um, yeah, you like have the to pay GST and import tax and, and import duties. So, uh, yeah, all so, of those things. So uh,
1: yeah, I, I I actually before I started three D printing uh, all of the character models, I uh, ordered a demo set from internationally, and uh, all my swords were floppy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, even going. I'm not going there. I'm
0: just not. Okay. <laughs> the fact you had multiple swords or the fact they were all floppy? I'm not going any. No,
1: I'm just not. Um, but um, it doesn't necessarily mean, yeah, the, 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 the qualities, the quality just isn't there all of the time, though. And yeah, so we're really at a stage you now. We're really, we're really proud to be supporting, you know, about. I think we're at 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 four or five local printing businesses between cardboard printing and plastic printing as well for this game.
2: And um, I've got so many so many questions, uh, and I found a pen and paper now, so I've been able to write them down. So um, <laughs> I think one of the things that you mentioned was um, around the modular map, and yes, I find that really quite exciting because it does mean that you're. I guess no, no two games are going to be the same. Yeah,
1: uh, that's and and that's why I put it on the on the back of the box because I've, I've seen some really seen some really interesting configurations happen over these seven months of playtesting. I've, I've seen everything from uh, brothers playing and then boxing, you know, the other brother in with a small gap, but then not realizing that that actually protected his brother. Yeah, it works. Or, it
2: works both ways, buddy. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Um, to people just building a, a whole, like a, a little wall in the middle with just an opening. It's 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 been absolutely amazing to watch the the labyrinth maps, the the basic maps, that the anything. It's been yeah, it's it's been quite an experience.
0: But even like sat here playing with what we've got here, my brain wandered down the road of oh, like. We could add wells. We could add trees. We could add a whole raft of different shapes and sizes of terrain, and obviously include different rules for those. And again, that's obviously down yeah, the road. My brain didn't go there. Um, but I, I like. There's so many possibilities that even if you wanted to do those sorts of things, like do hedgerows instead of um, sort of the iron grates, uh, the bars that we've got here with the set. You know, the the opportunities for people to really customize the set are there as well because the rules work that way.
1: And and I would really encourage anybody with a three D printer that owns Strongborn to to give a go at making scenery as well. Um, I I'm just such an advocate for three D printing. I, I wouldn't be in this position that I am now with Strongborn if I hadn't hadn't have learned how to how to utilize these machines. It's uh they're, they're honestly they're complete game changes to to many games that are out there.
2: It's so funny you say that because, um, you know, one of the things that I've written a note on to mention is that I actually love that it comes with its own terrain and so you don't need to add any more and yet both of you have just gone, oh, no, you can add whatever terrain you want. (laughs) No, there's terrain in the box. Spray paint it and you're done. (laughs)
0: So ready to go.
2: Ready to go. That's it. I'm not having to build anything. I'm not having to worry that I'm going to super glue a piece of fence to my eyebrow so there's you know, no
0: assembly required
2: no assembly required no super glue required awesome Those so my favorite sayings
0: tying into the whole 3d printing idea is that where the the diy set came from
1: yeah the diy set came from as well was uh we sort the of box isn't available a... yet <laughs> well it's all it's all available now for people to to print themselves it's um we didn't we didn't want to gatekeep strongborn either and as well as we do understand that one's so so recommended retail for the game uh is at 170 and we realize that that can be a heavy investment particularly even for young players as well who want to get into the game um and I, i think if we if we provide a diy set i think it opens up the it opens it up for a lot more people um not to mention we sell actually I'm in the process of getting every piece on the game for sale individually. So if somebody wants to if somebody wants to build strongborn four pieces at a time, they could.
0: So that's obviously on the website under parts. you have obviously got the um the six characters so plus
1: I'm, Yeah, so I'm starting I'm starting to build up the parts for it now. I've got a I've got a big box of three D printed parts sitting in my garage at the moment. <laughs> and um that's that's gonna be something. Yeah, I just I I, I didn't want, I just didn't want anybody to feel like they were missing out when it could be something that's relatively easy to, to, you know, get on board with, with a DIY set. Um, yeah.
0: Look, it's also worth pointing out for those of you um, who are listening to this that the full book is available on the website, the 10 pages of it, including the cover. Um, <laughs> so if you do actually want to go and check it out without any risk or anything whatsoever, you can go and check it out right now. It's all available there. Now obviously the character cards aren't, but the um, you know it'd be entirely possible for someone to go cool. I want to I'll buy the DIY set which obviously give them the character cards and you know you the rule book and everything like that you can go and try it for 10 bucks. Hmm. Um, does that yep. include the STLs as well, Josh, for the characters?
1: No. Uh, no STLs, just as of yet.
0: Okay, so that's just the cards.
1: So that's the cards, um, but everything's cardboard for the DIY set. So you could you could go to an office works and and quite literally, I've I've designed it so everything folds out and can be laminated and and taped together to work just as well as the strong bond set.
2: Wow, cool!
0: I'd say that, like you say, that gives players the opportunity for minimum outlay to kind of get in and have a play and have a. I muck around and then expand on that later. Um, talking about the box specifically, the box was nice and meaty. It felt like a, a premium sort of box game. Like, I mean, we've got a couple hundred board games here and it mm. sort of didn't stand out as anything but one of those. Mm. The board is really good quality. It's um, properly backed. It's wrapped and, and finished really nicely. Mm. Again, really high quality stuff. Um, I was also impressed to see minimum plastic in the box in terms of throwaway. The box was not plastic wrapped. It was just sealed with two little, you know, the little sticky plastic sticky things. things. Yeah. But yep. The, only the board and the cards were plastic wrapped. And obviously yes. that's just to protect them. Yep. Um, everything else came in these cool red
2: bags. Like dice bags, but bigger or smaller depending on. Yeah.
0: So you <laughs> yeah. get the, I think it was six D20s. Uh, in in one bag, and then you get a bag of the scenery and then a bag of the characters. So there's Correct. there's minimum plastic there that's got to go in the bin for landfill, and even the the insert that kind of holds it all together is cardboard. So you could if you wanted to trash that, that's recyclable. Mm. So there's clearly a lot of thought gone into how it's going to be presented. And when you open it, you've got these lovely little plastic, not plastic bags, the little red bags, and they feel the premium. red bags. Yeah, it feels and- it feels nice. We
1: it was a small cost to include something like that. There's nothing worse than buying a game and then having to go uh, go buy a divider to put inside of your game as well, and that's we really or a bunch of Ziploc bags buy. from Coles or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think we sort of realised that when we were playing uh, we were playing some other board games where we. We, I went I went and found about six takeaway containers and tried to put yep. all of the all the miniatures into that
2: yeah we've got... um, not
1: to mention as well we just wanted to reduce our our, our footprint that's as one. well and yeah. you know put something that's reusable you before all the characters and the dice and everything like that and i I think it's just it, it just presents an overall nice feel to the game as soon as you open it as well
2: hmm Yeah, and we've got a few games where, um, you know, we've had to build the characters and then build the terrain that go with it and then it doesn't go back in the box and you've got to try and work out, well, how am I going to store this now? and um, How am I not going to lose any of it or get it broken? Yeah, Yeah, all of those things. My only thing is uh, I personally believe every dice game should come with a dice tray because uh, the table that we used to play board games on is glass and so the dice go everywhere, so... I think everybody should have a dice tray now. <laughs>
1: maybe,
0: maybe we need to get him some obsec ones.
1: You're not, you're not using metal dice on the table then? <laughs> no. Uh, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look, it's, um, I'm really excited by this. The fact that it's been produced locally is nothing short of miraculous in my mind because it's so rare to see something like this come out of Australia that's um, you know i mean i know we, we were talking before we started recording and you wanted to go down the you know further down the road go to injection cast plastic miniatures which ob- obviously Correct. presents a whole bunch of other challenges for you in terms of finding production here in Australia and then what well, that's who knows what that's going to cost um
1: well, just just uh just to bring you off to that actually uh, i got a message back today so where we're a go for ingest, injection cast
2: in Australia oh wow so that's that, awesome
1: it's- so that's it. We're we're one hundred percent Australian made as of as of now.
2: Oh, fantastic! That's really exciting. Yeah,
0: I think the um, uh, we should probably mention that very quickly. The the characters you get in the box at the moment are all three D printed resin prints. Yes, and then the terrain so... is the PLA.
2: Recycle plastic. Correct.
0: Yep.
1: So just uh, just so like uh if 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 there's any three uh, D printing enthusiasts. Uh, listening as well so all of the plas are printed on uh, creality cr30 treadmill printers um so it's not like a traditional uh 3d printer where you build it on a build plate and then a and then you empty the build plate and then start again these ones are continuously running treadmill printer where um i've actually i I run my printers 24 hours a day making the scenery essentially and now you told me you had a twitch
0: channel for that didn't you
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a got a Twitch channel with it with it running as well. Um, the, the only time I come down is is for is for maintenance of the machines as well. But my partner pointed out that that would make a good channel, a good segment for the channel, apparently. But I'm, <laughs> I'm still try, I'm still trying to work out my online presence here. I'm I'm, I'm a little so if little someone shy. <laughs> if someone wants to
0: see the printer going, what's the Twitch? what's what's it under on Twitch?
1: Uh, Strongborn Games.
0: I'm gonna try and find it while we're chatting. <laughs> <laughs> oh yep there we go and
1: so let's see about 240 hours of just straight 3d printing that's up and running so we're down at the moment due to maintenance uh i've just had two machines come down now and uh they i, I just need to clear some blocked extruder heads on two of them and i'll be heading up up again online shortly i've
0: um i've got the um, one of the last videos that was on there running at the moment, I just had to mute it because I just realized it was still recording and there's probably some in this recording now before I hit mute. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you want to check it out, Strongborn Games on Twitch, you can actually see the printer in action. There's um, I can see there's a coffee cup in the background as well with the logo on it, which I think is exceptional product Great placement. Great product
1: placement. <laughs> nice work. Yep, yep. So that, that was uh, that was actually from we had a small intimate launch party for, for Strongborn as well. Um, so we had a little bit of little bit of merch that was there for all of the uh, friends and family who've uh, helped us make Strongborn as well. We had our we had our artists uh, turn up via Skype because they're in uh, Victoria and Sydney, um, and then all of our play testers uh, were there as well to support us too.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Um, so obviously you are self-publishing this game. Great. Um, how are you going about distributing it? So, how can people buy the game?
1: Okay, so we've got we've got our online distribution, which is uh, done through our website as well. So, uh, we're de- we're also delivering in internationally as well. So we've uh, so basically, essentially, we can organise the freight internationally and lo- locally around Australia too. Um, we're we're starting to set up a couple of uh, consignment contracts with locals, small local game stores around Perth. Um, I think uh, you guys might know uh, a couple of the stores that we're at. We've uh, we've got our first lot of product in uh, at Fanbase in Fremantle.
2: Yep. Ah, awesome.
1: Um. So yeah. So we, we're so we're just setting up there as our first shop, and yeah, we're we're in the in the talks with about two other stores at the moment to start getting them going out locally. Um, and on top of that as well, we're hopefully launching a Kickstarter within a couple of
2: weeks or so too. Oh, what's that for?
0: For this, it's obviously to...
2: I always thought Kick- Kickstarters had to be done beforehand.
0: No, no, no. So the... the I would
2: oh, say I clearly don't know anything about Kickstarters.
0: Uh, I've supported a couple. So yeah. Um, I like Kickstarters for most businesses and I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir, those of you who are listening can be for launching a new product, but they can also be for mass production of a new product where Uh, I've got a product that I've produced myself, I've put all the legwork in, I've done all the stuff. um, And it's a way of introducing a product to the wider audience to, you know, you sell it at a slightly discounted price and they prepay for it and then you deliver it later on down the track or you give them bonuses where... um, I've seen a few of these sorts of games where um, if you... Like, you you might kickstart it and say it's $200 instead of $170, but um, the backer bonus then might be you get alternate sculpts of characters or uh, gender swaps of characters and that sort of thing. Hmm. So, I don't know what you guys are doing, but that's some of the stuff I've seen and backed in the past. Fair just,
2: probably, I guess.
1: We're probably yeah one of the few Kickstarters in terms of independent games anyway, where we have a final product already that's been made and already done. Yeah, that's why um,
2: that's why I was thinking. Oh, is you know, is the Kickstarter for an expansion or for a you know for an alternate version? Because that's how I've only ever known it. Where independents have been, hey, I've got a concept. And then if you back it, I'll create it. So you guys have already created it. it so our, our main about you uh, out out backwards <laughs> back is to
1: have a heavily reduced price of the game as well. So we're we're aiming for one hundred and thirty dollars as opposed to recommended retail of one seventy, and uh, hopefully we can future reduce the price of, of Strongborn more.
2: Obviously,
0: once the scale of production increases and you you know you're not ordering things in hundreds, you're ordering things in thousands, then obviously your unit cost can come down. But um, I suppose in the short term, it's about securing the future of the game and making sure that there's a community for it, and you know getting yourself out there.
1: Good bragging rights as well to say a, a successfully funded Kickstarter on the front of the box as well. Yeah, oh, look, there are, there
2: Successfully are plenty... funded and successfully distributed Kickstarter. There are there are plenty <laughs> that don't. Mm.
0: I've they're, dodged they're, a couple of bullets yeah. over the years. Mm-hmm. Look, it's um so if they do want if you do want to order the core set, it's uh, on strongboardgames.com. You can head there now and pre-order the core set. Um the date is listed as the 31st of October, which this episode should air on the 29th. Mm-hmm. So you have a couple of days still to pre-order it before it goes live on the website. Um, you can also get the DIY set on the website. There's also some card sleeves, um, which are, I, I believe looking at these cards, they look like they're a pretty standard size. So card sleeves should, um, should be
1: pretty easy to get hold of. Yeah. And a TCG card sleeve size, so Magic Gathering or Pokemon TCG, all those sleeves fit it.
0: But sometimes it's nice just to be able to know, hey, if I order it from you guys, it fits, mm-hmm. because yeah. you've got them. The other one that intrigued me, you, know, you had a couple of these when we saw you demoing, were the Ultimate Digital Life Scoring Pads. Um,
1: I, I, I tell you what, it's, um, it's, it's reinvented the book for me.
0: What's funny, because I was um, looking at it going, oh, they're sold out on your website. But I want one.
2: Okay. Well, so for people who don't have the website in front of them, how about you share what it actually is? So, Michael, stop talking. And Josh, do you want to tell us what it is?
1: Okay. So, so this is not something that I've, that I've invented, but it's a product that I've, I've found around. It's, a, it's an Ultimate Guard digital life pad. Um, and this is essentially, if you've ever in your childhood used an ExaSketch or something like along those lines... Um, you, you can write down on this little digital, digital life pad. It's, uh, I'm, I'm not too sure how many hundreds of hours of battery life that's in it, but I'm, I'm sure it's quite a bit and you can write anything on it and then just wipe the screen. Just like, uh, shaking the echo et- sketch, essentially, if you, if you remember them. Um, and it, it, it free. what, one of the biggest things that we wanted to do is we didn't want to, we wanted to save on paper. Mm. And, and and these things are at, and they're only they only I think they're only going for about twenty dollars twenty or $25 twenty five dollars twenty
0: twenty five on the website.
1: Um. Yeah. And I I just think it's it's a, it's a good way for the environment. It's a good way to save on paper and an excellent way to keep track. It's it can be used for multiple card games, not just Strongborn itself as well. I, th- I think it's a great tool for for any you know tabletop gamer.
0: Well, I, I must admit, when I was looking at them, my brain was going to all the games that we play, just keeping track of scores and keeping mm. track of, you know, all of the different bits and pieces that come around in any of these games. Um, there's a whole raft of stuff that just the quality of life you get. Um, and they're not particularly expensive. I mean, at 25 bucks for the base version. Um, and I know you can get a bigger version as well. That's not the five-inch screen. It's, the, not, it's more like a tablet. Mm. Um, it's a nine-inch you know but for what what we're talking about for your for, for strongborn you know the five inches more than enough um you know i think now that i, I didn't know these existed until i saw you using them and now i want one mm. so
1: so we're just securing uh just securing some deals with our suppliers now and they're, they're going to be up and running on the strongborn website shortly too um yeah, I, I, I hope a lot of people start using these. I, I, I really try to be as uh, conscious of, of my use of, of waste materials as well. And I, I think this is really one of the, the best in inventions for tabletop gaming that's been around.
0: Well, the, the fact your characters obviously have health. Um, I think 150 on Loka has the highest health of any of the characters in the game. Correct. And I think uh, the lowest is 100 at the moment, which is uh, mostly Correct. on the spellcasters and then obviously the rogue as well. Um, but because damage is dealt in sort of 10s and 15s and 30s and um, there's obviously some special rules and things as well, um, you know, being able to keep track of that easily with a digital pad makes a lot of sense rather than trying to rely on tokens and counters and that sort of stuff, which... To be honest, is one of my biggest bugbears with a lot of modern games is as tokens bloody everywhere. And as fun as the game can be, yeah. you know, you leave a token and you move a character, and then all of a sudden, whose token is this, and what did this mean? Um, so the idea of having it all digital just, you know, is a big plus for me in my mind. So um, I,
1: yeah, I think it needs to be something other than an app as well. I think it's just something handy to to carry around in the game box too.
0: Oh, and like like to say the the fact that you can use it for multiple games and anything you're playing is an added bonus for that. So, you know, having it on hand to make Strongborn easier to play, and then, you know, if you if you then move on and play something else to score, whether it's um, you know charades or you know some other big box game, then you know it's it's a good product. But um, I
1: believe they were originally designed for the Magic: The Gathering.
0: Oh yeah, that makes a bit of sense now. I think with with health, yeah. and life points, and that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. While we're talking about the box set, though, uh, so it's $15 shipping Australia-wide for the core set and Correct. $33 Australian for international shipping. So you're up for... I'm just going to do the calculation now to see what uh, my friends and follow our followers in America might be paying for the game. Um, according to uh, XE.com, <laughs> which... Obviously, you have to take <laughs> with a grain of salt because of uh,
2: yeah, it's close s- enough, roughly.
0: So an American's going to be looking around the one hundred sixty mark, all in, including shipping, uh, one hundred sixty US dollars all in, um, including shipping. Hmm. So um, it's definitely worth. I mean, or you just pay the what is it ten bucks? Hang on, let's $7.50? see. Seven dollars fifty. Yeah, I was gonna, well, that's what I was just sort of thinking. Is you know you buy the DIY kit. And um, set yourself back $7.50, exactly like Emma said. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you can try it out in America before you buy it. It's, uh, it's a, I think it's a really good model. I, I really like that.
1: One thing I'm trying to set up as well is uh, if, uh, players are using Tabletop Simulator too. It might be a, a really good way to sort of uh, attract uh, people who are already sort of involved in that tabletop simulator scene too to, to give it a go without any risk whatsoever. Um, I'm just trying to work out how to host a server and everything along those lines. Look, even
0: the, the fact that you're willing to embrace that as a possibility to try and get people invested in the game and I don't think necessarily making a freeze requirement for tabletop sim, even if it's a couple of dollars through Steam, um, I think that's still a really sensible decision because it allows you to access a much wider audience.
1: I've never, I've never wanted to, to gatekeep Strongborn. It's a, it's it's always been it's always been something of mine. Where I, I design, I design these games because it's it's something I absolutely love. It's 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 now this is now my new personality from the uh, from the military. I'm no longer you know, Josh the sailor and more uh, Josh the game developer.
0: <laughs> it's not a bad transition there, mate.
2: Yeah. I'm just, just going to just... point out for anybody else who is potentially leaving the military that um, it, we are more than just the just our career. So there's lots of different elements that go into making up our personality and our you know in our life. And so whether that is multiple different hobbies and our family and our um, you know and our potentially religion or spirituality or yoga, whatever that might look like, there's lots of things we're not just defined by. Um, by the role that we have. And I'm just putting this out there because I work with a whole heap of women who leave their um, career to go and have babies and then they struggle with identity because I've always known myself as Emma who was this and now I'm a mum and so I don't have that. So I felt like I needed to put that public service announcement in there. Fair enough. Hmm. i done a whole course on that just in case anybody's. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've just noticed as well the rule book is not stapled. It's bound.
2: Hmm, I saw that before. It's sewn. Yes, I like it. stitched.
0: I've just picked it up and getting oh, there's no staples in this.
1: So, I, I wanted it. I wanted to have that sort of uh, that old tavern feel.
0: I look, I'm I'm really enamored with a lot of this. To be fair, I think that the fact that the cards are easy to read and the rulebook's nice and short and everything feels nice. I think it's great. I think you've done a really good job.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate that.
0: I um. I'm saying off air but earlier today with, uh, with Emma and with our son that we're going to do some games uh, and stream them on YouTube. So um, we'll probably look at doing that in the next couple of weeks. Um, we won't make too much of a fool of ourselves and do it immediately because um, it's always nice to look like you know what you're doing. Mm.
2: Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm much more um, connect with people who have got no freaking idea. <laughs> well, we, we did
0: that with another game we previewed, which was um, uh, Bot Wars. And we, we got sent a copy and uh, Lachlan painted it. And then we just went out to the dungeon, set up the cameras and hit record. And uh, we, we sort of ambled through <laughs> through an hour's play. Um, we had a lot of fun doing it. Um, but we'll probably do the same thing with this. He's actually got a set uh, sat in his room at the moment that he was going through this afternoon saying about uh, prepping it for paint. So um, he's very excited as well. And uh, we'll get some photos of them as he goes. obviously share them with uh, with Josh because we'll be giving the painted set back to Josh.
1: Honestly, uh, I, I can't wait to see them come alive. Um, it's uh, I'm uh, I used to paint me 10 years ago or so uh, but I think I, I cheat with my painting. I just do a couple of colors and the rest is ink for me.
0: Well we, we were talking today about how we can um, we can do sort of alternate color schemes for the six characters so we'll do. Uh, the six based on the artwork, and then um, say for the orc paladin, we'll change him to steel armor instead of gold, and then we'll look at doing um, you know different hair or different effects so that you can tell they're distinct but still make sense. Um, so we're already talking about uh, so the the priest, for example, doing her in a uh, like a fox yellow and orange uh, alongside her traditional sort of pink and purple color scheme that you've got her in at the moment so um it should be a lot of fun they should look really cool um and hopefully we'll get those done for you shortly
1: i'm very excited to hear about that and just uh just to one thing as well before you play and this is this is for anybody who even just wants to see how strongborn works um if you head to strongborngames.com I, I, have, I have an introduction video on there that explains how to play the game in under three minutes. In, two stuff. minutes.
2: Yeah, it's Strongborn explained in two minutes, no, which four, is no. honestly, they are I need it, I need it in video and I need it. Don't be spending five minutes introducing yourself and telling me who you are and why you decided to make a YouTube video. Just give me the short synopsis of what it is that I'm looking for. So two minutes or less is beautiful. I was so excited <laughs> to see that, Josh. It was awesome. I didn't Thank have you. to fast forward through any of the crap. So. <laughs> as
1: you and can I tell, the fun, the attention I span a really short. Cool voice actor right for it too, as well. I, I I want I wanted to have a I wanted to have a bit of an anime feel to it. Yeah. I, I get a lot of my inspiration from anime. Um and yeah, I, just, I hope the video is also informative and fun. I didn't want it to be too serious either. Yeah,
2: I don't mind serious. I just just could you get to the damn yeah, the, point? The, says, the says the person who's, you know, in the middle of recording a podcast episode that's going to be, no doubt, three hours long. So, <laughs> so I'm not the best at getting to the point, but it annoys me when other people no, when are you, When
0: you've you got people who are trying to hit that 10-minute YouTube mark and they, oh they feel God. seven and a half minutes of it going, this is who I am and this is why I haven't recorded and this is... Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the two minutes or less is a, a really great little video. So um, definitely worth going and checking out. Mm. Now... Um, I think...
1: Just, just, one more thing as yeah, well. Absolutely. I uh, with with Strongborn anyway is that I didn't want the game to have one person that knew it, and then you needed to have a friend to teach you how to play it. Either mm. I, I, that was one of that was one of the really big things, and one of the reasons why I made that that two minute so video because I, I just wanted somebody to pick up and then play after they buy the game. I didn't I didn't want to have to be reliant on a friend who's going to come in and, you know two weeks' time and then teach you how to play it.
0: I must yeah. admit, there's plenty of those games we've bought over the years where I've gone to YouTube and gone, how the hell does this work? I don't understand this bit. Yeah, and, and that, then... I
2: mean that gets frustrating as well because quite often... So you and I have very different learning styles. So often you can pick up the rules and because you've got 30 years of experience playing different games... Go through, and then you're having to teach me, so which is not necessarily no. It's, it's not, not, not the best part of our, to our relationship. Good, no, good marriage. <laughs> um, but what was it? Was it oh the one with where you make the, the fireworks? Fireworks. Game.
0: I can't think of the name of it either.
2: Is it Hanabi? It's just a
0: little pocket sort yeah, of game.
2: It's a it's a cute little game. It's a fun game, but unfortunately, the instructions for the game, uh, don't tell you how to play the game. And half the things that are in the box aren't on the instructions. And so you read it and, oh, my God, you got so stroppy. You were horrible to be in the room with, (laughs) let alone to try and play the game. But, yeah, we had to YouTube it to try and work out. And it was just other people who were randomly going, oh, I think this is probably what you do with it. So no idea if we played that game right. (laughs) No, exactly.
0: But even some of the more modern... Big Box style games, yeah. it's been easier for me to go, okay, we're gonna buy this game, we're in the way in the car on the way home, I'm gonna hit play on a YouTube yeah, video and, and listen that's to it. it. I
2: shouldn't need, you know, and we're quite lucky that we do have things like Will Wheaton, who's got however many YouTube I wish I wish you kept of, doing that, that yeah, show, but anyway, I can't remember what it's called, but you know, tabletop. There's, there's quite all right, there's quite a few games where we can go, oh, okay, well, we can watch this because they've already gone through it, but there's also a whole heap that you don't. And yeah, you do have to rely on, oh, well, my friend says he can come around in three and a half weeks to show me. And oh no, now he's, he's got to work. And so he can't come. So I've got this box that's sitting on my shelf. Yeah. So it's exciting not to have to rely on people.
1: To be fair, I, I still have this on the side sitting on my shelf and I'm, I'm still waiting for someone to show me.
2: Oh, it's a good game. We can show you how to play that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was a game that we figured out on the fly with some friends. And then I went and watched some more videos and yeah. we went, okay, we, we, we got this. Um, and that, but that that's kind of that highlights the issue there's some of those big box games that are really good fun but you do need someone there to go hey so here's how this works mm. and um, you know after about five games you figure out oh we were doing this wrong and it doesn't feel like that that's going to be like that, that, that's not going to be an experience you'll feel with Strongborn yeah. so I think that's not- a, that's a big tick box as well
2: so before we wrap up have you got any other anything else that you'd like to share with us Final comments, anything
1: oh, I, like that? I, I think the, the biggest thing that I, I want to share is since I since I started making this game is the the community that I've met and gotten involved with this whole process of starting from the concept to the final product uh, has been absolutely life changing for me. Um, I, I, like, like I said before, I lost a I lost a big set of my family when I, when I left the military, but I tell you what, I've gained a hell of a lot of family since starting this project and it, it just be, it just be my absolute honor to keep supporting, uh, Local businesses, other game developers. I hope. I hope if somebody has an idea for a game and that they don't know how to how to make it and and they need somewhere to start, that they they come and get in contact with me, because I, t- I tell you what, this is this is my this is my passion now, and and I'm going to be doing this to to the day I die.
2: And to add to that, I guess what I hope is that potentially there is you know whether it's a parent or whether it's a you know somebody who's listening to it who thinks this but when if a if your child comes to you and says hey i want to be a game developer i want to be a game designer that the parents actually get to go yeah cool you know what there's people here in western australia who are doing that rather than that's not a real job so you need to go and do physics and chemistry because you need to have a real job, job. And developing games is something that you can do as a hobby. Mm. Absolutely. And, so, I,
1: and I think you can quickly move from hobby to a to a job or a career or anything as well. Where I, th- I think our opportunities now and in, in this day of age that we live in is is very plentiful.
2: Yeah, and I think for me that's that's really important. I guess with three kids who are well, two of them are coming to an age where they're starting to think about what they might do after school. And uh, so a lot of the other parents who I'm speaking to are telling their children that um, art isn't a career or, you, you know, you can't become a YouTube star, that's not a career or um, you can't be a writer or you can't be, you know, whatever it is. Actually, the jobs that are going to exist in five years' time didn't exist when we were kids. Mm. So you know, let's, let's think outside the box. And so I'm, I really am always so very excited to meet people, particularly people who are here in Western Australia who are actually doing it and who are showing that...
0: Well, the fact that we've had now two Australian tabletop games now in under a year. I'm trying yeah. to figure out exactly when we did Bolt Wars with Anthony. Was that at the start of this year or the end of last year?
2: I'm sorry. There's that horrible C word that yep. has made everything... I to, don't... I can't put it...
0: I can't put a of no time idea. on it either. Yeah. But
2: feel like it was this year?
0: I think it was the start of the year because I, I feel like it was summertime because we were out in the dungeon recording. S-
2: the start of the year feels like about four years. Yeah. Ago, so. <laughs> so I'm not sure.
0: But the fact that we've had, even if it's two in two years, yeah. um, you know, we've seen Bot Wars grow and hopefully we'll see Strongborn grow as well. Um, you know, that's really exciting because that means there is community here for it and there is support for it and... You know, People are enjoying the game and we're going to see it grow and develop and we got to see it start. And that's really exciting.
2: And the other thing, now, I'm going to say this, oh, here we go. but I'm not 100% sure this is going to make it into the final edit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, never, it's never a good sign, that's, Josh. It's that's never purely, a good sign. That's
0: purely on my whim at this point.
2: Mm. When we went to the Game Expo, there was certainly some... I guess there were a few different game developers and game designers who were there, but I felt like there were perhaps two different kinds of people. And what I love about having you on the show, Josh, is that you do actually have a long-term partner, and yes. she's she's a part of this. She's a part of um, you know marketing this. She was with you at the at the event for this. Um, you can actually talk to girls uh cat <laughs> 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 um, is
0: lovely it's a shame she couldn't join us tonight
2: <laughs> so, so i guess often when people think about game developers as well they think about perhaps some of the other people who might have been at that event who wouldn't let me play the game
0: because beca- you were a girl
2: well they told me that they wouldn't let me play the game because in order to play their game i needed to have a rudimentary um, maths and english levels Oh, really? Yes. I didn't hear that. No. I was talking to Cat at the time. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so they wouldn't play with me because perhaps my English and math levels weren't up to where they thought that it needed to be. But really what I think that was was, oh, God, we can't have a girl at the table. And I had our eldest daughter with us as well, so there were going to be two people with boobs at the table and that was too much. So game developers can actually be able to connect socially with women. (laughs) That's why I, I told you it may not be part of the episode No, no, it's going in it's fine
1: <laughs> I, I honestly I, I'll say put it in but um, <laughs> like my, my opinion on my opinion on this is that look at how much everything has changed in the in the past even 10 15 years or so so I'm 30 I'm 31 myself and I remember growing up uh having women in video gaming was still quite new to a lot of us in you know the early 2000s. so um but it's uh one one of the biggest things that i tracked a lot of this by was you know you you go to you go to events like comic con and pax and the the crowds have changed now it is it's a diverse it's a very diverse industry now Um, i'm i'm actually studying um i'm studying animation and game game design at the moment and i I tell you what there's it's it's almost a it's Pretty close to being a 50-50 ratio on something like that. It's uh, I don't, I don't think video games are not so much carrying a stigma that they used to.
0: I think certainly with, I mean the um, sort of Generation X and after, I think are more are going to be more understanding and accepting of the idea of video games. Maybe not even X. Maybe it's Generation Y, and maybe I'm just a nerd. But hmm,
2: you are. But I'm not sure that that's. No, but <laughs> I think it's I think it's I point. think it's generational.
0: Is my point in that. The parent, like parents who are our age are still fifth split as to whether a video game designer is a career or not.
2: Yeah, I think it's that whether is a, is a video game designer a career is one question. I actually think there's a big push for women in STEM girls in STEM, and so I can totally understand seeing that fifty fifty split of the um, males and females in those in video game design classes what I find interesting is that we still expect the people who are the men in those classes to be a certain stereotype. Yeah. And what what I find more and more is that that's actually not happening. They're still there because, you know, I certainly experienced them at that event, um, but it's not – not everybody is that stereotype. No.
0: And that that's kind of been highlighted by all the tabletop events we've run over the years as well is that the um, – that sort of Steve Urkel style caricature that existed through the eighties and and the nineties of the the gamer is is not really relevant anymore. Mm. It's certainly not the av- like the average attendee for our events isn't that.
2: Yeah, no, definitely not.
0: Which is good.
1: I, uh, yeah, I think the primary primary demographic of the the male neckbeard gamer is really starting to change. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. So well,
0: let's go back. Um, StrongbornGames.com is where you can find all the information. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also check them out on Twitch if you want to watch the three D printer going. It's not going at the moment, as Josh said, but you can find them on Twitch. He's can... Too
2: busy talking to us, and he has to go clean something.
0: Yep. <laughs> uh, you can find the video for the two minutes on how to play Strongborn on YouTube under Strongborn Games, uh, the YouTube channel. Or you can find it on their website.
2: Say, it's on the website, which makes it nice and easy.
0: Um, as soon as we get details of the Kickstarter, when that goes up, we'll share that as well. So um... At the
2: moment, pre-sales and then available on Sunday.
1: Yep. So, it's not just pre-sales. We, we have about... we I've got 36 copies at the moment ready to go.
2: Ah, awesome. Exciting. Yeah. So,
0: we, we got... I think you said you had 40 done and we got one of them.
1: Yep. So, I had 40 done, you got one of them and I've got... Uh, we've already we've already made some sales as well, so they'll be uh, shooting it out on the thirty first of October.
2: How did that feel? Um,
1: we've had an international sale already. As oh, well. that's awesome! There's a couple of local ones
2: too.
0: Those, those are always exciting when yeah. you get those first ones come through.
1: Yeah, this is the most exciting part.
2: Yeah, and I think that's it. Is seeing it go from um, stick figures on a napkin. To now, it's actually getting someone's
0: going to be playing it someone's somewhere else to
2: be in the playing
0: world. It. Yeah. I think that's really cool.
2: Mm, very much so.
1: Actually, our next step will be uh, language conversions. Um, I oh. know it's a big market in Germany for a lot of games as well. So, if we can start getting the game translated and, and things like that, we can we can only go forward from here. Well,
0: that's it. And then you've got to decide do we do French as well, or do we stick with, you know, there, there's a whole raft of other things that go down that road. Um, but at least the rules are simple enough; they should translate, because that's one of the biggest exactly. biggest hurdles for these sorts of games is getting them to actually translate. So if they we're... can
1: translate eight pages, that's perfect. So all like...
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Keeps the cost down for you as well; it's great. <laughs> Look, Josh, you've been absolutely wonderful to join us tonight. We really appreciated your time. Thank you very much for um, sending us this copy so we can have a play and um, and share it with other people when we um, we we chuck it on the table probably sometime, this, sort of this time next week, just after you uh, officially launch. And, um, yeah, it's been awesome. It was a chance meeting, and I'm really glad it happened. So, uh, yeah, really appreciate your time tonight. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. I, I really appreciate being here, and I, I hope over the next uh, year or so as well, uh, I'll be traveling around to uh, most major game conventions. Our biggest our biggest is going to be next year uh, at PAX 20, 2022 and um we'll have we'll have our booth there as well and it'll be great to to meet everybody in the flesh as well
2: oh, look, that's really exciting
0: we'll um we'll certainly keep everyone posted as as and when uh what your movements are and uh when any of the expansions of it look you know being announced and, and all that sort of stuff make sure you follow them on facebook make sure you jump on their website and check out the game um strongborn or one word will there'll be links in the show notes there'll be some photos in the show notes Uh, And in the meantime, we're going to say goodbye to Josh. Thank you again for joining us, mate. We really appreciate it. Um, We'll be back in just a second to wrap up the episode. So thanks again to Josh for joining us for that chat. Um, we hope that the release of the game goes really well. Um, we do have a copy here, so if you want, you're keen to see it, we'll um, we'll be posting some photos, and as they get, we get some models painted, we'll share some more updates with it as well. Um, and once the Kickstarter campaign goes live, then we'll be sharing that out into the community as well if you're interested to check it out. They are local here in Western Australia, down Beldivis Way, I believe. Mm-hmm. So we love hearing about success stories from local businesses. So... Just feel free, feel free to get in touch with them um, and support them however you can. Now, now, I think that's the end for this episode. Yeah. Um, we uh, episode one hundred is going to be an interesting one because I was hoping to have some special things lined up, and I still haven't heard back from anyone. So um,
2: you may just have to listen to us. You may just. Plus, have also, to... it doesn't really count as a hundred because I haven't been on for the first.
0: I think we're first ten are without you.
2: Well, the first ten are without me, but then I'm on two episode elevens.
0: That's true. We did A and B. Yeah. I don't know why I did that back then.
2: Because it was a two-parter.
0: Yeah, I suppose. So, uh, that's it for this episode. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm. Um, be sure to check out the events calendar. We're about to release our events calendar for 2022. I'm just waiting to hear back from the council in terms of bookings and that sort of thing. We do have some um, new events planned for 2022, returning some of the, the old favourites. Um. And then we're also looking, um, we're trying to get a family fun day booked for December.
2: 19th of December we're looking at.
0: Yeah. So, so that you can come out this year and celebrate the uh, with the community without um, tables.
2: Yeah. So, kind of just thinking we'll bring along some of our lawn games and then people can bring some food, kind of maybe turn it into a bit of a potluck lunch Sausage thing all, and mm-hmm. just come and hang out and
0: be part of the community. Yeah. It also lets um, families bring kids and partners and you know it becomes uh, the whole community and extended families as opposed to just this the gamers. Pros and
2: cons. <laughs> Depending. That is true.
0: That is true. Um so we'll have more information on that once we we've, we've got a couple of options for venue in mind at the moment but we'll uh we'll post about that on our Facebook page when we're done. Um have you got anything else you want to add?
2: Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Probably.
0: No? It's a very thoughtful look. doesn't help Mm. us with radio.
2: Yeah, it doesn't, does it?
0: (laughs) I'm excited. I got our new camera rig delivered. Mm -hmm. Thank you to PLE Computers because uh, I ordered it at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Wednesday. And it was here Thursday. Like, no express shipping, no nothing. I was expecting it to take a week.
2: Do you know how disappointed I was? Why? Oh, boxes! Is it something fun? No, it's work. <laughs> like it's not even fun part of work. It's a, it's a bar. Well,
0: it's several bars. Yeah,
2: not even a fun type of bar.
0: <laughs> I'll buy you a chocolate bar. How's that?
2: Hmm. Prefer a bar with whiskey on tap.
0: <laughs> we can do that as well. So um, we're going to be experimenting with the camera rig over. The- so we've got it set up so that we can have a dice cam set up permanently and attached and then obviously the multifunction arm that'll let us get over the table with a bit more control. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone also suggested that we get a third camera and basically mount it the same way the dice cam would be on a fixed arm, but having it pointing kind of across the table so you can see the players and you can kind of get a look at the table not from a top-down vantage point, but kind of from a 45-degree angle at the table. So you get an idea of scale of buildings and line of sight blockers and stuff, which I thought was an interesting idea.
2: It's true. Yeah, look, I'm not I am not adverse to the idea, apart from the whole having to buy another camera thing. I guess where I struggle with it is when you're watching this... How do you show it? How do you show this? That's exactly right. So some people are going to be watching this on their phone. So you...
0: Yeah, you've you've got Buckley's at that yeah, point. Yeah, you
2: know, if we... And we've seen that for some of the events when we've streamed games, people have sent us photos. They're watching it on their 60-inch television. Yeah. Now, if you're watching it on a 60-inch television, you can 100% split that between three different cameras and you're still doing okay. Yeah. Particularly because your dice cam, you just need to be really quite small in the corner. But you want to split this even between two to have a top-down and a 45-degree. And I get the whole thing of going, well, yeah, I can tell that there's a building there, but is it less than five inches? Is it more than five inches? How does that relate to, you know, all of those kinds of things? So, and we've seen it before when we or oh, you were streaming at the first Iron Man event yep. at um, run by Toy Soldier Cartel, which I think should have been the thirteenth of Feb, and then thanks uh, to yeah we had we lockdowns pushed and pushed it. It was pushed back. Um. So anyway, whenever it was. And you streamed some of the games and I joined you for the final. Yeah. And one of the things that we noticed was actually when you're looking from that top-down perspective, you kind of go, well, why Why would he be doing that? Why isn't he doing And the thing was because from when players are playing, they're not seeing that top-down perspective. Yeah. So, I can see that there's some real benefits to kind of going, well, actually, this is what the players are seeing. So. This is potentially why they're making that decision over this decision or
0: Well the the counter I had to the person who suggested the third camera was do we actually need the dice cam? Yeah. Is is there an important like if the players are rolling on the table anyway and the resolution on cameras, like the, the cameras that we have at ten eighty P anyway. Mm-hmm. If we're streaming at ten eighty P with those cameras, do we need a dice tray to see the dice rolls? Because right now you're picking them up on the on the tables with the cameras anyway.
2: So what was so I remember when we were doing more streaming, people going, well, we need to have a dice cam. What were the arguments for needing the dice cam?
0: Just so that they can kind of understand what's going on in terms of hit rolls and wound rolls. And mm. I think I think the level of scrutiny for streamed games has gone up. So being able to track the dice and understand what's going on, there was value there for some some parts of the community. But part of me wonders whether that's... Would you rather another camera facing the table on an angle so that you can kind of see the broader shape of the table. Because I noticed we were looking at photos from the SoCal Open and the top-down shot from the stream, I kind of went, oh my God, there's no terrain. What's going on? And then I got three shots from someone who'd taken photos of the game in progress and went, oh, there is terrain there. It's not flat. We were seeing the top of it. Mm. And all of a sudden, it's a completely different perspective on the game. So that's kind of where the where the thought process came from is, is it worth having that second camera pointing at the table rather than a dice, which has more value? So we'd love to hear your thoughts on that one. Mm. Would you prefer a dice cam or would you prefer another camera pointed at the table on an angle so that you can see see the table from a short board edge looking across the table? at an angle so you're not going to be able to see all the action going on because obviously buildings and big models will get in the way of little ones but it'll at least give you an idea of how like you'll be able to see more of the dynamism of where the terrain might be playing an impact on the game so let us know what you think Mm. because at the moment we can put two cameras at the table and if we're only going to stick with two because i i suspect we start having problems with usb and speed and stream and that sort of stuff
2: not if we're I mean, my laptop will here. run it. Yeah, if yeah. we're just recording here, that's not an issue at all.
0: Um, but if we're doing it live, would you rather have two cameras, one top down and one at the dice tray, or one top down and one looking across the table? Let us know.
2: Mm.
0: Be keen to hear.
2: And I, I'm still coming down to if you're doing the... So with the dice cam, when we were doing the dice cam, the dice cam was quite small and sat... Yeah. Ideally in a corner that was out of not the way. Gonna, yeah. yeah, it was out of the way. If you're doing one top down and one across, then are you going to go split screen and go, well, 50% of your screen is camera one. and fifty So top down and 50% of your screen is across the board. And in which case do you then lose the ability to see the dice? Because if you're watching on your phone or your iPad, you're looking at something that's, you know, maybe... A couple of inches across. Two and a half inches across yeah. or, you know, and how does that work?
0: The irony is I actually think it'll work best with someone controlling the cameras and swapping, and between, swapping the between the, two, two, between the and two and having a minimised version in the corner yeah. of whichever one's not yeah, yeah. the live camera Yeah. Um so that you are getting both views but then having someone listening to the game... Jumping between them to show different points and have those conversations, and then at that point, you go, Well, you know what? In that case, I'd really like four or five cameras, and before you know it, you've got a TV studio set up for one game. So it's and about-
2: that's when it starts getting really difficult, and you're like, Done, you need than- someone to manage but it. Done and- is better than perfect, you know, because at the moment we haven't been doing it because it's all for all of these reasons, and then you just start cycling to the point they're going, Well, why am I doing gets- it? Well, nothing gets done,
0: yeah, which is why I just went, You know what? I'm going to set it up and start doing it, yeah, this all. At the very least, this will let me start streaming more games from the dungeon mm. and we can start sharing those games because the, the frame shouldn't be throwing massive shade shadows and stuff on the tables again and um, see how it goes. But yeah, let us know. Would you prefer to see dice or would you prefer to see another angle of the table? Because I'd really like to know. Yeah. All right, that's it for this episode. We're done. 99 episodes. Mm. It's been a long time. I hope episode 100 works the way I want it to. I'm going to chase that up. i mm. got two weeks to make that happen. Right.
2: We're done. We are indeed. All right. Happy gaming, everyone.
0: you've been listening to the objective secured podcast if you'd like to get in touch you can visit our website objectivesecured.com.au. you can find us on facebook facebook forward slash objective secured or you can email us obsec at optusnet.com.au thanks for listening